This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you so much. Good morning and welcome everybody to our show for this Monday morning. It's another brand new week. A full week of broadcasting here with the Buzz Adams Morning Show. Don't forget our podcast. Buzz Adams on demand at KLAQ.com, KLAQ Mobile App, wherever you get your podcast. Also, the After Buzz, wherever you get your podcast, and also the KLAQ Mobile App. And every other week, there's the What the Buzz podcast, which is uh, the bi-weekly podcast done by Joanna Barba and Emily. Uh, coming up on the show today, we're going to find out uh, what's happening in our true crime report. So, uh, all new stories in our true crime report headed your way before the show is over today. And the final week gets underway for the cash code. Go fund yourself. You can oh. listen for cash code keywords starting at around 8.15 this morning. And then every hour through the 5 p.m. hour, we're going to have an hourly cash code. As soon as you get the keywords, go to the KLAQ mobile app and find the Go Fund Yourself uh, icon, which looks like a money bag. It says Go Fund Yourself. Yep, this is the last week to get in on possibly being a $2,000 daily winner. Also, we've got a $10,000 prize. Do you think for $10,000 I could put a small body of water in my backyard <laughs> like a pond yeah like a koi pond you like think i could get pond? that done for 10 grand sure a little nice koi pond with some fish rocks you think you think i could do that for for under 10 grand yeah definitely all right I'm just trying to imagine what you could get for 10 grand or if you won the say you won 2 grand and then you won the 10 grand prize you win 12 grand that's true that's an even bigger body of water. Yeah. Suddenly that's become a miniature lake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not really. Um, well, let's find out what you guys are working on, then I'm going to tell you about my the worst Sunday ever. The worst Sunday by, ever. Experienced by yours truly. Oh. I had a worse Sunday than anybody else, I assume. Well, not Jesus. I, okay, it's specifically this Sunday. Okay. Uh, just, I'm still just beside myself huh. with regret. <clears throat> Which is weird because I know what you did yesterday. You told me and you didn't mention any of that. About uh, how bad well, it was. I did. You've just forgotten it already. That's how much you sympathize with me. You forgot the horrible, horrible thing that happened to me. Oh, no. Uh, let's oh, yeah, find it was out. a bad day. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I remember. just remembered, yeah. <laughs> Nico, uh, Jimmy, is going to bring us our news headlines later today. So, Nico, what do we have coming up in the way of news today? Absolutely. Emmanuel Macron defeated Marine Le Pen in a crucial French election last night, winning 58% of the vote in France. Uh, this is the first time a French presidential candidate has won the presidency uh, twice in at least 10 years. It, it, twice in 10 years. So no other president has won twice in 10 years. Uh, okay. Um, we're going to find out more about that. Joanna has entertainment news that's coming up later. What do we have 
that we're going to highlight in the entertainment news. Steve Martin's King Tut skit from SNL was going viral this past weekend, and it trended on Twitter. But apparently it was being fiercely defended against millennials who just said they don't get it. That they is it that they don't get it, or that it's like cultural appropriation or something? It was like I don't get why this is funny. Well, well it might have been one like of those this. things you had to be there because I remember it was, it was very funny. <laughs> just don't get it. You couldn't go anywhere, and I don't know what would this have been like nineteen seventy nine probably, right? Without hearing King uh, Tut yeah. on the radio or seeing it on SNL or people had T shirts with it on there. I mean, he was the biggest comedian, a phenomenon at the time. Millions of people. Most popular comedian in the world at one time. Yeah. Like concert comedian. Um, all right. Well, I'll break it down to you. Thank you. <laughs> do, you do you not get why, why it's funny? Or no, I, you... I get it's funny. Yeah. Okay. And oh, wh- when from I saw... what I saw on Twitter, yeah, it was a bunch of people saying like this is hilarious and if you don't find it funny we can't be together or we can't be friends and a lot of people a lot of millennials especially were saying i just don't i guess i, I never it. saw the the millennials saying i don't get it oh you didn't see that. i didn't see that i saw a bunch of people i guess i well, missed when the i first line. saw somebody said i'm sure my parents found this hilarious in the 70s uh-huh. but i honestly don't get it he's doing a funny dance and voice but there isn't really a bit that my millennial brain can parse I want to know, is this like a younger millennial or like... I mean, he's kind of right, though. There is no... Well, they had lyrics. I mean, yeah. when I was a young man, <laughs> never thought I'd see something, 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 something a boy king. I it had lyrics. I mean, it wasn't like it was just a wacky dance. <laughs> the lyrics. It was funny in the same way that the Blues Brothers were funny. Were they like legitimately funny? Yeah, at the time, they seemed pretty funny. But they had a song called Rubber Biscuit that got played on the radio a lot. And I don't remember what was specifically funny about that. Um, but when I saw the words Millennials and Steve Martin's King Tut, I thought, oh, they're offended because it's, they must be offended because it's cultural appropriation. No. Steve Martin, not actually Egyptian. <laughs> How could you do this? You're not Egyptian. <laughs> That's legitimately the first place my mind went to was, wait a second, are people upset because it's cultural appropriation? Steve Martin is not King Tut. <laughs> <laughs> One person wrote, I find the current discourse about Steve Martin's King Tut song a perfect example of why you couldn't do X today to be a worthless point. You couldn't do King Tut today, but it's not because it's distasteful. It's because the cultural significance of King Tut is well, nothing. The All the relics that they found in King So King Tut's tomb was basically raided by explorers. Howard Carter was an archaeologist yeah. in, in the 1920s. It's a good story. They didn't really tour the United States until the 1970s, and it was a huge thing that everybody was talking. It was a real cultural phenomenon that t- King Tut's Artifacts were going to be on America. Yeah, I don't know if it was touring from museum to museum or if you had to go to one specific museum, but it was a huge story that I can barely, barely remember from from when I was a child. But it wasn't hmm. just out of left field. It okay, had to yeah, do that makes with, sense. You know, this thing that everybody was talking about. It was like uh, a few years later, 
when they had a hit song called Pac-Man Fever. They didn't didn't make it up out of nothing. People were playing Pac-Man all over the place. Well, now i got to find Pac-Man Fever. <laughs> you won't have to look hard. I think it was a number one hit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yesterday okay. was my worst day. Oh, no. I knew I had a busy day because I was going to go to uh, Comic-Con, and it was only running through five. And, oh, I'm going to tell you about Comic-Con, too. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what everybody dressed up as. What was your costume? I went as a dad. Dad joke, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I didn't cringe. go in my costume. I went in my secret identity. <laughs> my, Gabriel, my nephew Gabriel went as Neo from The oh, Matrix. I did see his pictures. Yeah. You know what was funny though, Joanna, is What's on that? Friday I asked Buzz, oh, what's everybody dressing up and Buzz, uh, as? And he said, well, him and his daughter won't, obviously. But his uh, his nephew always dresses up. Yeah, he does. And I was like, well, what is he going to dress up as? Well, he always dresses up as Keanu Reeves. It doesn't matter. It's a Keanu Reeves a Keanu character. Reeves, yeah. It's either John Wick, Neo, maybe the young Southern lawyer from <laughs> Devil's Advocate. I don't know, but it's always... <laughs> it's always some Keanu Reeves character that he dresses up as. So William Shatner was there for 125 This is what I heard, because I didn't pay it. For $125, mm-hmm. you got to take a picture. Ooh, with you and, what a steal. Except... All right, I'm going to give you some kind of ideal of this. Because the people showed me their pictures. Okay. Nico... You're William Shatner. Hello. I'm the people who just paid $125 to take a picture with William Shatner. Okay. Nobody could be close to him? They couldn't be any closer than six feet. They had to stay six feet away? Six feet away. He's high risk, yeah. Yeah, but that's not a picture with him. That's just being in the same room at the same time. (laughs) Right. Unless you crop out all that in the middle, but at that point, why don't you you could do that with any picture, right? (laughs) You can crop yourself in, but it's almost like, oh, at the end of this long table is William Shatner. At the other end are me and my kids or me and my wife or whatever. Um so the Comic Con, but before the Comic Con happened, I was going to go play around at golf. I was going to whip it out, you know. Don't say whip it out. I was going to, you know, post mm-hmm. a like a, I don't know, probably a two under, three under par, or something like that. All right, sounds great. And so how did I go to Comic Con? It didn't because when I got to the course, my clubs were gone. What do you mean? Yeah. Somebody stole your clubs? Eventually, probably. But somebody stole your clubs. All right, so I get to I get to the uh, parking lot of the golf course. I go to get my clubs. They're not in the back of my truck, but I notice my tailgate is down. Ooh. I'm like, oh. But th- I, it didn't occur to me that they'd flown out. What first occurred to me was I must have forgotten to put them in my truck because I wouldn't have forgotten to close the tailgate. Well, okay. guess what? I had put them in and forgot to close the tailgate. And as I was talking to my talking to our boss about this, somebody in the parking lot goes, "Are you talking about some clubs that fell out of your truck on the side of the on the side of fifty four? Because I just saw them. Yeah, was it like a reddish back? Yeah, yeah, they're back there on fifty four. <laughs> oh no, right before the MLK exit. So your clubs fell off on the freeway. Yeah, I put them. So, and you had already ended up at the golf course before you realized. Yeah. This. So I whipped back around because I'd gotten there like thirty minutes early. I'm like, I'll go get them. I'll salvage what's left of them. Uh Gone. They weren't on the highway anywhere. (gasps) Wait, somebody had pulled them off the highway, maybe taken them? But apparently, my predicament with my golf clubs was the talk of Painted Dunes. 
because I talked to JT later and he said, yeah, everybody's talking about it. And somebody said they thought they saw someone stopping to pick up the golf clubs out of the road. So if you got my golf clubs, l'chaim, use them in good health. <laughs> <laughs> but I lost my golf clubs out of the back of my truck. Oh, that, that's, pr- that sounds like it really sucks. How did I leave my tailgate down? Ah, your buzz. I guess the day before, I had gone and got some dog food and a couple of bags of lawn fertilizer. Mm-hmm. And instead of lifting them out of the truck, I lowered the tailgate and then didn't put the tailgate back. I've been out. arguing forever that we, we should give you the cognitive test that Donald Trump brags about every day, all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time I've ever lost an entire set of golf clubs. Oh, uh, and I was asking him earlier, Janet, like, are you sentimental uh-huh. towards those clubs in particular? Yeah, I've been playing them for like 12 years. And what would you say about your two hole-in-ones? Two, two of my three hole-in-ones have come from using those, clubs. those golf clubs. So. <laughs> you don't, so you don't like name your clubs? Like people don't get that attached to them? Lightning boy. Hand me lightning boy. Hand me the niblick. Hey, I'm, I need my fairway mashy. <laughs> no. Okay. Did you know that each club used to have its own name back in the olden days of golf? I did not know. You that. know how there's a putter and there's a driver. And Five iron, seven iron, yeah, yeah, six yeah. Iron, but they used to be iron. like one of them was called a mashy. I think a wedge possibly was called a mashy, <laughs> and there was another club that was called a niblick. And each one of them had a, had its own individual name. And then I guess they just lost track of that over time. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, whoever's got my clubs, uh, enjoy them. I hope they weren't too badly damaged. And welcome to the exciting world of golf <laughs> i hope you waste as much money as i have over these years oh. <laughs> uh we've got a lot coming up on the show today and that includes a true crime report and also uh we're bringing back the urban dictionary game so we got that coming up a little bit later Woo. it's the buzz adams morning show podcast final week for q cash code so we're gonna have our first one headed your way Around 8.15 this morning, and then every hour after that at about a quarter past. It'll be 8.15 adjacent. Yeah, it's never... Oh, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. Adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's going to be... Next to it. A little earlier or a little later, but right around 8.15 for the first one, and then every hour plays out the same way at about a quarter past. Listen for another cash code keyword. The more words you're able to enter via the KLAQ mobile app under Go Fund Yourself, the better your chance of winning. Daily prize of $2,000. You could be one of those daily winners, or you could even win the $10,000 grand prize. So 815 uh, or thereabouts is going to be our first cash code keyword of the day, and then we're going to have one per hour through the 5 o'clock hour. What's uh, the latest with Elon Musk and Twitter? Because I'm noticing the headlines have changed a little bit. Last week, uh, they were saying, well, Twitter might do this poison pill approach where they, like, intentionally, uh, I don't know what that means. It just means that they, they really don't want to sell Twitter to Yeah, Elon the Musk. poison pill deal would basically uh, shut shut it down. But people were uh, confused as to whether Elon had the money to buy it or not he claimed he 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 was uh, offering 43 billion uh now it's 46 
uh, he says that he does have a group of investors and, and all the funding lined up already. And now the board of Twitter is saying, well, they're going to take the, his offer very seriously. But it did seem last week that the, the Twitter board oh, yeah, seems very much like they would they would be willing to hurt themselves to keep Elon Musk from buying Twitter, and now they seem more receptive. Well, I think it was before the they knew what uh, if it was a sincere offer oh, or not. You mean forty six real billion dollars? Yeah, not the fake not hypothetical billion. billion dollars. And people might hear it's like, what do you mean? Does he have enough money? Of course, he's he's worth like two hundred billion. Yes, he's worth two hundred fifty. Yeah, but that's not all cash. You know, no, it's not like it's you all can write a check. Re- for yeah, it, it's it. related to stocks. A lot of that's related to the Tesla <laughs> stock. I'm sorry. I'm seeing right now that and R.I.P. Twitter is trending on Twitter. On Twitter. <laughs> Why is R.I.P.? Oh, because he might buy he it. He might yeah. buy it. And I, someone commented, "I see people tweeting R.I.P. Twitter are the same people who said that they're leaving the country if Trump became president, <laughs> but they never did." <laughs> Right, so the people who are anti—I'm trying to figure this out. Like, apparently, if you're anti-Elon Musk, you're probably also anti-Trump, some right? And if you're pro-Elon Musk— Elon I, Musk has made a lot of statements regarding Twitter censorship of people, I guess prominently conservative since the end of the 2020 election. Um, so Elon Musk is getting associated with— right-wing figures because of the the free speech issue so would he let back if elon musk buys it he'll let back trump on twitter you think there would be changes around moderation probably yeah he said that freedom of expression is like at the top of his agenda so maybe perchance but also, like, he, that's why he moved to Texas. Like, he didn't like uh, California, a lot of California's rules about things. So uh, he is getting associated with, like, uh, what are the ones that you call them, Buzz, where they all they want is the government to leave them alone? Libertarians. Li- yeah, I think he's mo- more of a libertarian. Okay. So uh, let's go to the trial of Amber Heard. Uh, the defamation trial that she's in with Johnny Depp. Her attorney claimed uh, earlier in the trial last week that she carried a concealer palette with her her entire relationship to cover bruises because the relationship uh, was so violent. This would be impossible, though, because Milani Cosmetics, the brand that was referenced, said that their makeup, that makeup item didn't come out until 2017, which was after Johnny and Amber had split up. Uh-oh. Uh, somebody with Milani Cosmetics posted a TikTok um, talking about their correcting kit. The video shows a catalog with a release date. Johnny and Amber's relationship ended in 2016. Milani uh, Cosmetics says that there's no way they were carrying around, Amber was carrying around this color palette because... It didn't exist, or else she's a time traveler. In related Depp Heard news, Ireland Baldwin has joined team hashtag justice for Johnny. She posted on her Instagram, quote, I know women who are exactly like this. They are manipulative and cold and use their very womanhood to play victim. We live in a society where it's cool to say men are all the worst. Men can experience abuse, too, and this absolute disaster of a human being, Amber Heard, is a terrible person. I hope Johnny gets his reputation and his life back. 
you know, I don't think Johnny Depp is even trying to present himself as a perfect boyfriend or husband. I mean, a lot of the stuff that's coming out, he, yeah, you know, he's admitting, you know, I was, you know, not great. I just didn't hit her like she says I did. No, uh, I did not hit her. Oh, I, I did not. Not. That box looks like it could fit cocaine. <laughs> oh, you know what? Let me bring up a super cut of all of Johnny Depp's drug references <laughs> so far during the trial. Um, Amber Heard in a a video that was shown begs Johnny Depp not to cut himself. I guess he's uh, posturing with a blade of some kind, and Amber Heard is begging Johnny not to cut himself. Yeah, Johnny Depp is like a 60-year-old emo kid, <laughs> right? Well, he was like the original emo in Edward Scissorhands, so. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> that was the influence that's an e- for many that's an, emo, all right? <laughs> that's an emo cornerstone, right? Hell yeah. Yeah. And somebody last week posted Johnny Depp's funniest, although I think like in a lot of ways they're most tragic, kind of sad sad moments when he was being questioned by the defense last week, mostly dealing with his drinking and drugs. Um, So here is the Johnny Depp drinking and drugging supercut. (laughs) Oh my God, Johnny, get it together. I, I think he still loses the defamation case. Why, Joanna? Because this is about an article that she wrote where she never mentions his name. Not only doesn't mention by name, but doesn't make any specific allegations against anybody. Anybody, right. So I don't think he wins the $15 million. But I think in the court of public opinion... He might actually get more popular. Oh, yeah. Oh, he already has. There's so many people that are like, I'm Team Johnny Depp. I'm Team Johnny Depp. In this house, we support Johnny Depp and Amal. (laughs) They both suck. Right. You're ignoring a lot of the testimony where Johnny (laughs) Depp's talking about drowning her and burning her and then And then I'm going to cut myself with this huge-ass knife. Um, But he didn't do any of it. But he didn't hit her. But he didn't hit her. Exactly. Let's focus on that. I did not. I did not hit her. I did not hit her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, My mom on Friday was saying, why does Buzz keep bringing this up? I keep getting asked that too. <laughs> I, I don't know, guys. And I'm like, I've really gotten, into it. I've yeah, really gotten like, into it. And my mom's like, he says the same point every time. Oh, he's not going <laughs> to win the, he's not trying to win the defamation case. And I was like, mom, here's the thing about Buzz. When he has what he thinks is a hot take on something, he will just keep telling everybody <laughs> until you get sick of yeah, it. Yeah, it's, on one it's end. called the Trump method. Thank you, Mrs. Ajimian, for listening. <laughs> That's so nice. We have the opposite problem. I would prefer she not. <laughs> I know, and I need my mother and you to would listen like your mom to because listen. I don't want to get home and, how was the show? What did you talk about? I don't know, Mom. It was like four hours of stuff. I don't remember. Listen to it. Exactly. Um, Steve Martin's King Tut is back in the news because somebody posted it and a bunch I say a bunch some millennials said that they just didn't get why it was funny so somebody uh, named Quinn posted the Steve Martin King Tut video is going around without the monologue which is a criminal offense the whole thing is a punchline 
If you're trying to figure out what's funny, watch this. And they posted I the video. I saw that. That was the first tweet that came up on Twitter on Saturday when I checked the the hashtag. I was like, oh, my God, did Steve Martin die? Hashtag Steve Martin. Do you right. just check that to see how and then check it was in like, on Steve Martin's Yeah, I was well like, being. oh, my God. No, it, it's in the trending t- hashtags. It was in trending hashtags. So when you see that, it's usually because oh, they somebody died. died. Did, okay. And I got scared. Somebody, and then I was uh, like, oh, it's about this. <laughs> Somebody uh, posted. Let me know when he dies. Don't scare me like that. They said, I'm sure my parents found this hilarious in the 70s, but I honestly don't get it. He's doing a funny dance and voice, but there isn't really a bit that my millennial brain can parse. I like how they put bit in like those little stars. Okay, uh, so for a little perspective, as I recall, the King Tut exhibit was touring the United States in the 70s, and everybody knew about it and Steve Martin did a song about it on Saturday Night Live and it kind of went for what was the 1970s viral because it was you know on Saturday Night Live but then they started playing it on the radio and you know I, I was just very aware of King Tut being a hit but it did kind of tap into the current zeitgeist of Egyptian Egyptophiles yeah, I would say the King Tut uh, tour of the United States in the 70s kind of brought on a whole wave of, uh, I don't know, just interest in Egyptology and interest in that sort of stuff. So Now, when he was a young man, he never thought he'd see people, people stand, stand in, in line, line just to see, see the, the boy, boy king. king. Yeah. Give me another line, see if I can. <laughs> how'd, how'd you get so funky? King Tut. Did you do the monkey? King Tut. Born in Arizona. Raised in Babylonia, King Tut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see, it all comes back to me. All you got to do is give me a line or two, and it all starts to come back. I I will also say this. Can we just talk about Steve Martin's voice? It just makes me laugh. King (laughs) Tut. Tut. (laughs) I would also point out, if you go and watch some of those classic episodes of Saturday Night Live from the 70s, you might not get a lot of what they're doing there as well. Like the impressions didn't oh, really yeah. try to be spot on. They didn't have much in the way of set decoration. You never saw anything produced like, you know, some of the stuff that kind of goes viral on Saturday Night Live. Now. I'm surprised millennials aren't like Lenny Bruce. I just don't get it. Like, what's so funny? I've heard Lenny Bruce's stand up. I, mean, I totally don't yeah, get it. It's different ages. <laughs> right. He's doing, I, I don't get Lenny Bruce. If you watch like the first few episodes of Saturday Night Live, it doesn't look like a show that's going to last very long, to tell you <laughs> the truth. He's dancing this. That's great. Oh, yeah. Funky I don't think that Chad thing is funny with Pete Davidson. Like, I don't get that. In it. What's the Chad bit? The one with Pete Davidson where he's like Chad and he's like, hey. Hey. Okay. Okay. Like he just, uh, he's just a real slacker character. So Pete Davidson. Pete, I haven't seen Pete yeah, Davidson on so. Saturday Night Live in months. Oh, he's. I'm trying to figure, remember the last time. I think he's still technically in the cast because they show him in the, in the intro, but I can't remember seeing him actually in a skit. I think he's on a hiatus banging Kim Kardashian. When you're a Kardashian, you don't you don't have to go to work anymore. Yeah, fine, but they still have him in the opening <laughs> montage. To turn off your mic. Well, trust me, and it says this came out in '78. In '78, this was pretty funny, as I recall. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoos. 
corner of Dyer and Monroe. You can find them on social media or PumpingInkTattoo.com. That's PumpingInkTattoo.com. All right, let's find out uh, why this movie had to shut down and what the allegations were against the beloved Bill Murray. Uh, We'll get to that coming up here in just a few minutes. El Paso, and we're going to also have uh, the Urban Dictionary game. Joanna's going to tell us what the word or phrase is, and we're going to try and guess to the best of our ability what the definition of this Urban Dictionary word is. Windy today, nothing out of the ordinary, but some you know some pretty solid 15 to 20 mile an hour winds gust up to maybe 25 or more. And it looks like we got another block of wind uh, for tomorrow as well, but no rain in the forecast. Sunny today and sunny tomorrow, highs near 80 degrees in El Paso. All right, so I guess this story came during a Hollywood report. Joanna, the first report was that an Aziz Ansari-directed movie was being halted because of allegations. And the first thing that I thought was, oh, is it against Aziz Ansari? Because he kind of went through his... Me Too movement. Yeah, his Me Too Too moment, moment, I would say. What was the? It was an allegation for somebody he got on a date on, and it, it turned out that people, most people, decided, okay, this, this was a case of a bad, a bad date. date. This Nothing. was a bad right. date. This wasn't a case of a, of a full-on Me Too thing. So, Aziz Ansari survived that. Well, this it, it came out the next day. It didn't have anything to do with Aziz Ansari. It had to do with Bill Murray. So, uh, you ready to find out what Bill Murray? Yes. Is is finally doing getting a little handsy but maybe not in a sexual way according to sources uh the upcoming movie or maybe it's not upcoming at all being mortal uh so one source claims that the movie shut down because bill murray well here's what they say quote he was very hands-on touchy, not in any personal areas, but put an arm around a woman, touched her hair, pulled her ponytail, but always in a comedic way. Uh, the same person who's giving that quote, the source says, It is a fine line and everybody loves Bill, but while his conduct is not illegal, some women felt uncomfortable and he crossed a line. Now, this is a different source. Uh, And the version they give is, quote, Bill loves women and he loves to flirt. He enjoys poetry and romance. He's always flirting, but it is always couched in comedy. It isn't clear if he crossed the line. So. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm getting a uh, and a ugh. Joanna, explain the ugh. Obviously, it crossed the line if it made a bunch of people uncomfortable to close down an entire production. See, but to how many people does it take? Two? It, one? It, it takes take one. one, Buzz. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, he should have stopped doing this kind of crap a long time ago. Just because of the Me Too thing. Not just because of that, because people because don't people, like it. Yeah. Not because, you know even, how every Nico, time, you're you're a hugger. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know how every time you get uncomfortable with Nico hugging you, I, I, I do it to my my friends though, or my best friends. I I don't do it to strangers who okay. ask me not to or say don't. Like you don't bestow a hug on somebody that you're not 
all that close with. Yeah, normally no. You know me. I'm I'm very hug. I do it because it makes you uncomfortable. No, no. I'm not trying to say that you're doing this, but I'm just saying that they're you know on the spectrum of the way people interact with pe- with other people. There are some people that are very physically demonstrative. I think they had to tell Biden to knock it off, for instance. Sure. And I think for a long time he's just I just don't get it. It doesn't matter if you get it or not. This is currently where the pendulum is in our culture is you do not express yourself physically even if it's supposed to be couched in humor no i think that's not the case i think it's people who know each other are fine to hang out and act however they want but when you're on at a job or in a professional place uh you can't do these kind of things especially to strangers so at the end of Saturday why, why would night, Bill, why, uh, at the end of Saturday Night Live, when everybody's on stage uh-huh. and they're waving goodbye, uh-huh. and they go up and they hug, I just said if they're your friends, if somebody's your friend, those people then, just met, like who? the the band who the backing band for the artist might hug one of the cast members. The cast member might hug. You don't think they know each other? You don't think that the cast not, is not, probably not better meeting? than Bill Murray kn- knew these people that were working on the set with him? I don't get you what know. you're trying to say. But when you see Buzz? the Saturday Night Live cast, you see them actually opening up their arms, like, "Hey, come give me a hug." Like they're accepting what? What are it. you trying to argue? I, I don't understand what you're trying to say because it those only are takes all pe- one person to say I didn't like that. Sure, yeah. and absolutely. You might have twenty other people who are like, "Yeah, I didn't mind. It's Bill Murray, and it was endearing and char- you know, sweet or whatever." Well, but you're trying you're trying to compare something where where people at the end of a performance that you just watched are doing something to somebody who did something in private that we're now getting reports about. It doesn't the, sound like this was. It wasn't like he one on one. What anybody. I'm saying is it wasn't on camera during a show. Okay, so we it wasn't to the public to see. So no matter what it was, you know what what if you if anybody was was hanging out and oh here's the new i i can remember when it seemed like kissing on the cheek was going to take off in the united states and i was very against that like you would just you know people would lean in and want to give you like even air kiss and just because of my personal parameters right i wasn't into that but it seemed like that was going to be a thing for a while so you're you're anti-touching but you're pro bill murray i'm saying what we're saying here is a person or person's complained right but then there are other people who are saying yet yeah, nobody thought that this was menacing or malicious in any way does that matter <sighs> yeah i think it matters a little bit but you just said you don't like touching you I always don't. thought that was weird so, so why why are you now you're so not, but you're still team Bill i'm Murray? saying i know plenty of people you being one of them who a hug just doesn't mean that much to you you go in for Wait, a hug. you're gonna compare me to this you're gonna use you don't think we're apples and oranges i don't know what bill murray did i'm just reading the the thing is that he would be physically demonstrative i consider not with his friend not with his they they didn't mention actual like crew members on a set yeah i don't get what you're trying to compare here man you're it's it's anybody who's ever gone in trying to say like you should be so lucky that bill murray is like handsy on you Basically, I kind of do. You should be lucky Bill Murray pulled your hair. Oh, Bill Murray flirted with you. Big whoop. Count your blessings. Right. It wasn't malicious. You don't know that it's malicious. and It doesn't matter if it is or not. But when you, say, when you say something like... It made them uncomfortable enough that's to all launch that a complaint. Yeah. 
and say, hey, man, this is like disrupting my work because Bill Murray won't keep his hands to himself. Well, the same thing with I Jeff think you Garland. guys are imagining it as such a worst case scenario. It like probably, this was repeated and aggressive. Doesn't matter. I think you're trying to make it seem like rainbows and butterflies. If it happened once on a professional set to, to cast or, or a crew that obviously he didn't know well enough because they made a complaint about it. So it uh, doesn't sound like it's, it's his best friend or anything. I feel the same way about Jeff Garland, though. If Jeff, if Jeff Garland was on this set and one of the camera operators doesn't like him saying vagina over and over again. And then he said vagina. And then like he gets to rub it in or whatever. No, he got in her face and then started yelling it over and over again. And no, 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 not just once or twice. He did it for minutes, just yelling vagina and vagina over again. Uh, Wait, you have, there's proof of this? Well, there was a report. There's the oh, accusation of it. No, there was a report of the uh, on, on set. All right. I'm just saying people can... Lose I still think jobs. he's hilarious, and I think that's hilarious, and I think Bill Murray's hilarious. You think Jeff Garland could still be hired? Yeah, he's it's still just, hireable, but just, just don't act like that's why he probably isn't welcome there. Uh, I don't know that he isn't welcome, but somebody complained, and sometimes, you know, without knowing the full story, I, I'm just not that quick to to judge somebody. Well, there a whole production of Aziz and Sar's <laughs> movie is over now. Oh, Buzz. And Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I just don't totally get these hazy details that you guys seem to be so that's crystal all they clear are, on. Are hazy, hazy details. details. You're the one that's no. like fierce, fiercely like defending it. We don't know all the details. You're the only one getting riled up like oh, cancel culture. Hmm. What's up, Mo Show? It's ODG. I think Buzz was saying there's a difference between verbal harassment and physical harassment. They're both bad, but one's worse than the other. Uh, That they should say what type of harassment it was. For example, if a headline in the article says, Nico Jimian says Buzz Adams violated him and he didn't like it. But they never mentioned what type, they never mentioned that the violation was verbal or physical. Uh, I think you'd want to explain. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, and just from the description of this, I can't, I can't figure out if it's, it's sexual. It or doesn't not. matter. They don't have to give us all the details. Well, one of the details was that he was pulling on hair, right? Yeah. Okay. I I don't get that. Okay. Like, and I don't know what the context of it was. We're but they do say pulling Buzz's hair. They yeah. do say in it. Uh, let's see, that it was always couched in a comedic way. Well, but that's sub- subjective. To, to, uh, comedy is a very subjective thing, so what what does that mean? What does I, being couched in a comedic way mean? <clears throat> no? And then, I mean, Bill Murray's made enough money. I guess he can lose a job, right? Well, uh, this is the thing about... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I mean, I mean, yeah, you're right. right. Yeah, I mean, you're right. He has made enough money. I, w- I would say stop doing all this crazy stuff, Bill. Stop doing all the stuff where you touch people and you do weird things. Uh, supposedly, he, like, wrestled somebody and tickled them. A complete stranger. Like, there's, there's all these weird stories about him. Just stop doing that stuff. Okay. So, pretend everybody has, like, a, a two-foot shield around him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Treat. Don't invade people's personal. Don't invade space. strangers' personal. Space. How? Why is that hard for you to say? You keep saying strangers. I mean, they were working on something no, together. No, no. You know about yeah, Bill. But they're not friends. You know about Bill Murray's penchant for going to strangers, right? 
You, you don't don't look at me like you don't know. You know that all the stories about yeah, Bill Murray. That he would go up, and it was strangers. always reported as the Dow of Bill Murray is that to he's so strangers though he would go up to strangers. Yeah, but I don't know if it's a creepy thing if it doesn't have any creepy intent. I mean, if somebody came up and put their arm around me and I didn't give them consent, I'm not going to call it a sexual move. You know, no, nobody saying that. Nobody said it was sexual, but people were saying, "Oh, I don't like this." Like the, the the one specific one I'm thinking of is where he found a, he there was a stranger I guess he was a fan he started wrestling actually wrestling him on a sidewalk and tickling him. <laughs> okay, uh, that's a weird story. Buzz is all like, I would love to be tickled and wrestled. What if by he? Bill what Murray. if? What if you're like, hey, Bill I, I Murray? I would too, actually. I mean, let's take a picture and you know you go in and you, come on, you've done these photos before with with either a band. That's or why a fan William or Shatner makes you stay six feet away from him. <laughs> William Shatner must have it figured out because the people who paid $125 to take a picture with Bill Shatner were at least seven feet also, away from have him. Also, have you seen Keanu Reeves? He will. He says he will never put his hands around somebody he's taking his, his yep. photo with. It's probably a good policy, but just one that I never even thought of before. It was just I a reaction. You know, hey, here's Aerosmith. We're going to do a photo together. Everybody puts their arms around everybody. It was just a given. Now, nowadays, how many times have you seen on court TV TV or whatever, they go, look at this picture. And then they zoom in on hands and they go, hey, look, it's right look, it on the like shoulder. Hand is or right on too the Too low on the shoulder. Or on the side. Or yeah. on the back or whatever. Don't Just don't do it. All right. Yeah. Just don't touch anybody. That's all I think you could, you could be like, okay, if Bill Murray is doing this stuff, that is weird. He should probably knock it off. I think you, you, you're the first person that would be willing to say those things. I don't do it. I mean, it's not my... It's just not the way that I interact. I never have. I've never been really comfortable with touching, but it does seem like everybody is willing to say, okay, well, this person, we need to condemn this person, even though the details are very hazy and very preliminary. And I think you guys prove my point on that, is that your generation is willing to say, this anonymous person who made this vague, hazy accusation. There were multiple people. It wasn't just one. Um. He put the person who's saying he put his arm around a woman, touched her hair, touched her ponytail, but always in a comedic way. It's a fine line, and everybody made some loves of Bill. the women made but some, some, of, some the, of the women felt uncomfortable, and he crossed so it's the line. not one person; it's multiple people. Okay, the, you know, ma- maybe some to, of these older celebrities, like the like the president, maybe Joe Biden just didn't get the memo Sh- until later. Sure, but it seems like whatever they said to him sunk in yeah and it seems like he has a very no pulling hair <laughs> you well, know did he do it to like grown-up strangers or it, just his like he, his yeah he'd play with women's hair it was just i think he thought it was affectionate and grandfatherly and it just comes off as super creepy and that's been weaponized against him you know by people who are fans of politicians who've done much much worse the, this is all i would say is if he hadn't have done that they would still be producing a movie that a, a cast and crew is probably slaved no, over. Maybe he yelled at somebody, and then you're like, well, that's a different kind of harassment. You know, he no, told I think, somebody that they suck. Just think of all the jobs those people, like the hundreds of jobs that have people have lost from that movie alone. Yeah. Uh, the cast. I'm not just talking about the cast, the crew members uh, that are on it. Just because he was pulling hair. I mean, if he just knocked it off. It, doesn't do even, this, it says, oh, yeah, it does say pull a ponytail touch your hair but always in a comedic way women too not woman women okay uh knock it off another source says about bill murray he's always flirting but it's always couched in comedy um it reminds me of 
Al Franken. You know, he took some photos where he was kind of clowning right. around, yeah, yeah. but this was a woman that he had been on a USO tour with, and they had done physical they, comedy as part of their shtick. No, they took pictures when she was asleep. Right, right, right. That's not. That's that's very different. Well, if you talk to uh, Al Franken, he he'll tell you today. I got railroaded, and it was a complete rush for judgment. And sure, there was nothing no, inappropriate in any of those pictures. But I would still say, well, you could say, don't do it again. Yeah. Don't touch people. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I made a funny picture with somebody that I was doing funny material with as a partner on a USO tour in which we would do, you know, physical While she's stuff asleep. Together. Yeah, I guess it was a joke, you know, again. Mm. All right. Uh, so line him up, put him against the wall. Let's mm. Anybody mm. who's ever touched anybody, let's put them against the wall. I don't think it's wrong to say, like, I like these people, but uh, just don't do those things that that are weird. There you go. Jess is worried already. Oh, they're going to cancel Bill Murray. They're not. He's going to be fine. They're just telling him, hey, keep your hands to yourself, dude. We're trying to work. Instead of shutting down a production, it seems like you could send a memo or something. Well, I guess they take these things a little bit more seriously than... All right. Well, I can promise you this. I'm never touching a coworker ever. I'm going to give you a hug right after this. No, I'm you're not. Make, yep. If you do, I'm going to HR immediately. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoo, Quarter of Dyer and Monroe. You can find them on social media. It's PumpingInkTattoo.com, PumpingInkTattoo.com. Pumping Ink. All right, so... Uh, the Bill Murray movie could continue, I guess. It's been shut down as the investigation uh, cir- the Circumstances are yeah. being investigated, it says. Here is Clowney. Hi, Clowney. Hey there, Buzz. How's it going? What's up, buddy? Hey, so I kind of wanted to put in my two cents uh, just because I have a friend who had a personal interaction with him, too. Um, Ooh. Bill Murray we're talking about. Yes, Bill yeah. Murray. So uh, I I used to be one of your haunted house clowns. Oh, I remember. Uh, yeah, well, you were the you were the you were clowny. I, of course, I remember clowny. Yeah. So um, the company that we used to do the haunted house with, we would get contracted out to uh, work the PGA tour in uh, Scottsdale. Oh, that's pretty cool. So uh, one of the guys that worked with us, uh, when he first started there, they posted him at a gate and basically told him, hey, no one comes in here without a specific pass. So there's this group of people showing up and, you know, they're coming through showing their pass and this one guy doesn't show his pass and it ended up being Bill Murray. And he refused to let Bill Murray in. And everyone, you know, these are millionaires or billionaires that were, uh, you know, walking through the gate and, telling him, hey, you know what, we're going to get you fired, all this stuff. And he's like, hey, you know what, he's doing his job. Uh, wait, know, wait, wait, the, the b- millionaires were saying we're going to get you fired because they didn't let Bill Murray in or because they didn't let, he, yeah. your friend didn't because let? Because they were, they were all in as a group. They were all together as a group. I guess Bill Murray knew these guys. Did the other guys have the pass they needed? Yeah, they had the pass. But, but Bill didn't. Bill okay. Murray didn't. Got yeah. it. So eventually he ended up coming through and uh, he, you know, he told my pal, he's like, hey, don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. It's all good. You know, you're doing your job. I understand, you know, keep up the good work. And um, and every time we worked, we always knew him as, you know, the dude that didn't let Bill Murray through. You know, he's like, you know, everyone, everyone tried pulling. Everyone's like, pulling. don't you know who this is? He goes, I know who it is. I'm sorry, but he can't come through without a pass. Wow. Way and, to go. Um, 
and he was he was very very humble, very friendly and stuff. And while I was listening to the morning show right now, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? Maybe he's just one of those celebrities that you know he feels the tension around everyone. He just kind of wants to ease the tension by saying, hey, I'm one of you guys. You know, see, look, I'm playing around. I'm cool. I'm not uptight and everything. That's a good point. Yeah, and as you're mentioning, so uh, the PGA Tour, Bill Murray's a big golf fan, and he always plays at the uh, Celebrity yeah. Pro-Am at Pebble Beach. I have seen oh. him with a stranger, you know, who wants to stop by the ropes, and they'll show it on TV, you know, arm around, maybe kiss the person on the cheek with hundreds of witnesses, and nobody thinks yeah. that it's harassment. Everybody thinks what a charming, delightful guy Bill Murray is. Now, you might have gotten into a case... Is is it possible Bill Murray did something that really crossed a line? Yeah, I guess it's possible, but we don't know specifically. Although the sources on this story are saying it was all done comedic comedically, and none of it was sinister. Yeah, exactly, and and I think that's why that's why I say is I think he kind of does it in his nature. As he's gone up, he's always been you know comedic and everything, and you know a lot of people know the stories of how. Uh, you know, Chevy Chase is in person and he's just a total, mm-hmm. you know, you know, he's, he's horrible to work with. Nobody likes him. He's got a bad attitude. And I think, you know, Bill Murray coming up in those, in that era of comedy, I think he saw himself as he wanted to be, you know, comfortable around people and people comfortable around him. And maybe, maybe that's what it was. That's why it's not nefarious what he did. And he had no ill intent. It just, part of his nature of trying to ease the ease the tensions around yeah and i think intent does have something to do with it you know you guys might argue differently but you know if the person's not oh he's not trying to intimidate the person or he's not trying to get you know it depends on what the yeah i think it's hard to understand people's intent because look at what happened with bill cosby you would never have suspected this old man but you know what his intent but it's clear that his what i'm saying is before you knew the allegations you would and let's say you saw him giving somebody a hug maybe he gave him a kiss on the cheek you'd think oh that's bill cosby that's a very sweet thing after after the allegations come out then you go oh okay that's bill cosby thanks clowny you still clowning, by the way, Clowny? Because right. you're one of yes, the greats. I am. Yeah, you definitely need to keep clowning. All right. Thanks, oh, man. Of course, you got it, brother. All right. Thank appreciate you. it. I want you to rank. Do you know my point, though? What I'm trying to say is that uh, maybe the reason that it's bad to do these things now is because we, we have had so many celebrities that have shown that they've been doing bad things in their personal life, whether it's Michael Jackson or whoever. I, I'm just saying maybe it's because we, we, we're less tolerant and we don't want to. I guess s- I would just put the brakes on a rush to judgment, you know, in an early stage of something like this. Well, look, this isn't going to be the last time that somebody gets accused of something. And I just think. I think my original point was when there's an accusation, oh, this filming has been shut down because of. X in or whatever. A, a behavior. Specify, wait a minute, was it like predatory sexual behavior? Was it angry behavior? Was it physical? Was it Or was it just hijinks? Or was it just hijinks? Um, Rate in order, least creepy to creepiest, Bills. You ready? Okay. Cosby. Okay. Murray. Okay. Clinton. Okay. O'Reilly. Oh, creepiest to least creepy? Yeah. No, no. Least creepy to creepiest. Least so, creepy to creepiest. The least creepy out of all. Okay, you're giving me Bill O'Reilly. Yep. Uh, uh, Bill Murray, mm-hmm. Bill Clinton, and Bill Cosby. Yep. Bill O'Reilly's the creepiest. 
wait a minute. Bill O'Reilly's creepier oh, than yeah. Bill Cosby. Way, way creepier. We know, like, it was, there are so many allegations against Bill Cosby. Yeah, I'd still rather be in a very, room with Bill Cosby than you, I would with Bill O'Reilly. Okay, if you want to talk about their actual, okay, look, all right, if we're going to talk about their actual conduct, yeah, the creepiest is Bill Cosby, by far, absolutely. Maybe the second would be Bill Clinton, because there's more details about him. Yeah, creepiest? Probably. Then it'd be the Bill Murray, uh, and then Bill O'Reilly. I don't think there's been any allegations against O'Reilly, have there? Oh, a ton. Oh, there have? (laughs) Yeah, he had to Like sexual ones? Are you kidding me? Bill O'Reilly got fired from Fox News. Fox News is just going to be a cesspool of sexual harassment. Right. It was so bad over there that he lost his oh, job. I switched my Fox order around then. I, actually, they're all the same. I can't. You just <laughs> carte blanche? No, I would say Bill Murray's probably the least creepy out of all three of those. Yeah. All right. Here's how I rank it least yeah. creepy Bill Murray. Okay. Yeah. Then God. the rest are on the same side. Although I'm not sure it's fair to put Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton second. You think he's the second creepiest? No, at least. Oh, at least. Yeah. Bill O'Reilly and then Cosby. Yeah. You know, Cosby was like drugging people until they were unconscious. I mean, that's taking it to a whole different level. Uh, Joanna, are you ready for Urban Dictionary game? Are you? I am. Are you all okay over there? When you hear the theme song, does it ever bother you that you don't know the definition of all the things in the theme song? I, I, I want to look up like, Angry I know Dragon what right now. Crumped is. You want to look up what? Angry Dragon? Oh, I know what an Angry Dragon is. Oh, come on. I know what a Hot Carl is. Thanks a lot, Urban Dictionary game. Rusty trombone. Rusty trombone. Classic. All right. Joanna's going to give us a word, then we're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we're going to guess what the definition of today's Urban Dictionary word of the day is. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. Today's Urban Dictionary word is a litmus text. Hmm. A litmus text. A litmus Ooh, yeah. text. Would you like me to smell it? Yeah. It's going to be L I T M U S. T E X T. Litmus text. A litmus text. Yeah, just like the Ooh. cash code keywords, use it in a sentence. Oh, I guess that would defeat that the would, purpose. That would defeat use the purpose. Use it in a sentence when we come back. Okay. okay. <laughs> litmus text. Okay. Litmus text. I. I, I, I think I have right, my we'll definition. Write something down. Got it. Yeah. We'll have answers uh, <laughs> and hopefully a right answer when we come back and try and give a definition to the Ur- Urban Dictionary word of the day litmus text. All right. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Hey, check out that. Uh, that's Putin's girlfriend. They're, they're saying that's Putin's mistress. And I guess they want to put some sanctions on her. That 20 year old? Yeah, right. I don't know how old these pictures are, but that could be his probably granddaughter, right? Oh, yeah. That could easily, easily be, be Vladimir Putin's granddaughter. Granddaughter. Yep. Anyway, the reason she was on television just now is they're thinking about slapping some some kind of sanctions on her. Well, that's how you but get the deba- problem resolved. No, but they're debating, well, that might be a step too far. It's like, you sanctioned his daughters. Why wouldn't you sanction wouldn't his you mistress? Sanction his mistress? In just about half an hour, and don't worry, I haven't forgot about the Urban Dictionary game, but in about a half hour, we're going to have a cash code keyword. This is the final week to go fund yourself, so these cash code keywords are be, be coming down every hour from 8 a.m. through the through 6 p.m., so through the 5 p.m. hour, but this is the last week for it. As soon as you get a keyword, 
Enter it on the KLAQ mobile app. Go fund yourself is what you're looking for on the mobile app. You can also enter it at KLAQ.com. And every day we have a $2,000 winner. And the grand prize is $10,000. So you could win that cash. You make your chances better every time you enter a cash code keyword. So our first one coming up here in just about 30 minutes. All right. Well, I wrote mine down. I hope it's correct. But at the very least, I hope it's not offensive. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best I can hope for on this one. Yep. So what is the uh, Urban Dictionary Word of the Day again, Joanna? Your word was a litmus text. Ooh. Okay, as I vaguely recall from high school, I guess <laughs> chemistry, a litmus test is mm-hmm. like you test the acidity of something, okay. and there's litmus paper. Well, a litmus paper will tell you whether it's acidic or yeah. basic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, Who wants so to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So I would say if that's a litmus test, a litmus text, I'm going to really go out on a limb here and say... It's like if you want to ask somebody if they want to do something, maybe they want to go out via text, but you're not sure if they'll say yes. You put it in a way that you could go back later and make it like, oh, I was just joking. Oh, that's pretty good. Well, I've done that before. I see what you're saying. You don't want to be, you're <laughs> yeah, going to text yeah. something, but you're going to you're going to couch it in such a way that right, you can right. come back later and go, what? I'm I was just, just kidding. kidding. That's yeah, a, yeah. I say about? that's a litmus text. <laughs> that's real good. I can tell I that like it's it. not right <laughs> by your reaction. <laughs> oh. No, but I like that definition. But it's real good, Buzz. So litmus good. text. All right, my answer. Uh-huh. It's the text you send a potential mate late at night to see if they are down to clown and bump some uglies. <laughs> like you up? You up? Spelled you space with an arrow mm-hmm. going up. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's what you think a litmus <laughs> text is. Yeah. With an arrow. That's a good one, too, Nico. Good job. Also wrong from your tone <laughs> of voice. <laughs> you both were in the right direction yeah. with sending a text to somebody, but it's not to see if they want to bump uglies. Maybe it's just because we were talking about sexual harassment so much. Or maybe it was clowning. Yeah. Huh? And then clowny. Yeah, you made me think of <laughs> oh, clowning around. Clowning around. <laughs> now, are you ready to hear what it is? Yeah, yep. give it to us. A litmus text is a text you send your significant other to find out if they're still pissed at you from the night before or after a fight. The text ah. is usually a short and simple worded text like "Hey" or "Hi." Oh, find out if the coast is clear. Yeah. Litmus text. Hi. Hi. Dot, dot, dot. What's up? I've totally been there before. Sometimes it could also be in oh, a, the get, form of, hey, do you want to go eat somewhere? We do you good? Want you want nuggets? You want some nuggets? <laughs> How about? I could tell you that one works on me. <laughs> How about I might have sent one that said, I hope you're having a good day. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Period. Did you send that today? No. <laughs> I had a good day. But like that within, is a good one. La- within the last week, <laughs> you'd say that is that is, that a good, is the a good definition text. of a litmus yes. text. Yeah, that's a good. I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're having a good day. No response. No, Later it's worse if it's like awesome, all in caps with exclamation points. And it's like, like oh no, they're still they're still mad. <laughs> right? <laughs> they can't be too happy about it. But you know what? I'm going to give both of y'all five points. That was great. Those were good. 
And I don't segue very often on this show, but I think this is a smooth one since we were doing Urban Dictionary. Tell me about the guy who threatened Merriam-Webster. First of all, <laughs> is there like a Merriam-Webster building? Who? How did he threaten and for what and for what reason did he threaten Merriam-Webster? Uh, well, uh, I was going to bring it up. Wait, was it Merriam-Webster? Merriam-Webster, yes. Merriam. Mer- the- Mer- Merriam. 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 All right. Uh, a California man is in jail now after allegedly threatening to bomb the offices of Merriam-Webster. Okay. Oh my God. Isn't that So they up? do have offices. They do have offices. What, do you think they just sell themselves door to door? I'm going to guess this is probably as most disputes are over the Oxford comma. it's <laughs> <laughs> like, those have definitely started a few scuffles. Yeah. With me, especially. I've ended friendships over the Oxford comma. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, the the Justice Department charged Jeremy Hansen with threatening violence against the dictionary company. The reason for the threat? Well, he's upset about the definitions of girl and female in the dictionary. The dictionary defines female in part as of relating to or being the sex that typically has the capacity to bear young or produce eggs and having a gender identity that is the opposite of male. The uh, message the company received... I will say, without making any threats here, that that seems like a needlessly complicated definition. It does? I mean, what what was the word? How would you define female? I don't know. They asked that, that judge, the Supreme Court justice. Right. And as I was sitting there thinking, it's like everybody's saying it like it's super obvious. But the more you think about it, it's like, well, I don't know. How would you define of or relating to or being the sex that typically has the capacity (laughs) to bear young or having a gender identity that is opposite of male? That definition sounds like a puzzle you got to figure out. What? The related to the something that produces eggs? Relating to the sex. That has the capacity. That typically has the capacity, capacity to give birth. So female. That's what we just defined. Why don't Why don't they just say female? The sex that typically has the capacity to bear young, or having a gender identity that is the opposite of male. Uh, okay, so if you have a gender identity that is opposite the male, if you're, what if your gender identity is asexual? Then you wouldn't. That's be female because you're, it's not the opposite. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Okay. All right. You got it. You got to admit. It seems like they're really twisting themselves in knots. I don't think so. That that definition of girl or woman, female, female. Oh, it was it female girl specifically? Female. 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 The dictionary oh. defines female. Have you not? Do you know? Okay. <laughs> do you know what female is? Do you know? Did you ever have the birds and the bees? Okay. Then I would say female is the gender that conceives can conceive and bear offspring. But then people would say the oh, sex anti trans, the sex that typically has the capacity to bear young or produce eggs. And sometimes words have multiple definitions. We know this, right? You were sure. an English major, yeah. uh, have, or having a gender identity that is the opposite of male. So if there was a man, if and you he identify doesn't, doesn't as identify, a woman, yes. you're a woman. Yes, and this guy. Threatened to do what? Bomb the company. Oh, he's going to bomb. Oh, my God. Uh, The message received by the company through a comment under the female definition said, It is absolutely sickening that Merriam-Webster now tells blatant lies and promotes anti-science propaganda. 
he allegedly wrote under the definition of female. There's no such thing as gender identity. The imbecile who wrote this entry should be hunted down and shot. The second message said... Yeah, that's kind of how you express yourself on the internet, I feel like. Well, until you make actual threats, that's when yeah, the FBI comes yeah. for you, right? A second message said, your headquarters should be shot up and bombed. It is sickening that you have caved to the cultural Marxist anti-science tranny agenda and altered the oh definition of female as part of, as part of the left's efforts to corrupt and degrade the English language and deny reality. You evil Marxists should all be killed. It would be poetic justice to have someone storm your offices and shoot up the place, leaving none of you commies alive. Wow. Damn. But he didn't say, I'm going to do it. I don't know. Not in this, not the thing I'm reading. <laughs> Did you see, but, you know, they asked the the uh, Judge uh, Katanji Jackson, Jackson mm-hmm. uh, to define woman. And, you know, she said, well, listen, I'm not, I'm not a medical expert. And then a bunch of people pounced on that. So some reporters then asked those politicians and commentators most of them on the right well how would you define woman and then when they started to do it it was like uh, even they they know, all had could, different uh, like, none of them could really do it in such a straightforward right boobs <laughs> <laughs> obviously it's the buzz adams morning show podcast nirvana live and unplugged and about a girl and coming up in about 15 minutes you know, give or take a few either side. We're going to have a cash code keyword coming up for you. Remember, enter those keywords in this final week to go fund yourself. You could be one of our daily winners of two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You could win the grand prize of ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I don't. I don't know if there's any rule that you can't win both. I, I think you could win both of them for twelve thousand dollars. Or maybe not. There might be a rule. There might be a rule against it. I'm not sure about that. I'm just saying that we do give away $2,000 a day, and there's a grand prize of $10,000. Well, Joanna, do you know? I, I actually don't know. Like, if you're a $2,000 a winner, are you eligible for the $10,000? we got a meeting coming Don't quote coming me, up. but I'm, you may be eligible, I think. I, or, I, I th- or not. One of the two. Or not. It's going to be one of those Either t- options. Either or. Um. <laughs> So time for, we're going to have the cash code keyword, and this is the last week for it. So get as many of those keywords, enter them on the KLAQ mobile app under Go Fund Yourself. Bank it on the ding dong. And here is Nico Ajimian to fill us in on today's news headlines. Good morning, Nico. Good morning, Buzz. A national uh, Texas National Guard soldier died Friday as he tried to rescue migrants who became stuck in rip currents while they desperately tried to cross the border, state officials said. The soldier, who has only been identified as a 22-year-old man, was pulled from the Rio Grande by a rip current near the city of Eagle Pass, which borders Mexico. He was part of Texas Governor Greg Abbott's border crackdown plan, also known as Operation Lone Star. The Texas military department initially denied the soldier had died, saying it was working to find him, even though he hadn't been heard from in hours. Eagle Pass Mayor Rolando Salinas confirmed the the death to the uh, Washington Post. It's just so many people crossing, many are holding kids, and older ladies are crossing, and we don't know if they can even swim, Salinas said. Most times people cross when the water is low, but in Spanish we call it the Rio Bravo because it's really unpredictable. This is being taken a couple of different ways, kind of depending on your ideology. What side of the fence you're on? Yeah, so some people are saying, well, this wasn't 
the National Guard's job. This isn't what they, they have specific training to do. So it's Abbott's fault for uh, militarizing, putting the National Guard. Right. Why was the to, National Guard enforcing the borders? To buttress the efforts of the Border Patrol. So uh, Greg Abbott says the Biden administration isn't doing their job keeping illegal immigrants out of the country. I'm going to mobilize the National so Guard. It, so it there could are, be right. Biden's fault then. And then there are people who are saying, if the Biden administration weren't so lax on border security, Abbott wouldn't have had to do this. So it's really falls in Biden's lap. And it, it's really almost like a political litmus test, like a litmus text, text. but not exactly. <laughs> so do you see? Yeah, I do. Um, because you could say, well, it would, Greg Abbott's the reason for this because he sent those well, guys and down there. there. Yeah, and and then the other way you could think of it of, as well, those guys need to be there if they're actively doing the job. If this guy was pulling a migrant out of the river... Well, that's the thing that... that you, you, there are all these stories that I don't think get re- reported quite enough. How many times the Border Patrol or people actually on the border jump into a dangerous situation to save the life of the migrant? Right. That that happens frequently, so it's But not, the fact that the Texas Guardsman was there makes me think, well, maybe he was needed. You know, Do you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe they do need Maybe they do backup, need backup right. because... Apparently, he was put to use, you know. To tragic results. To tragic nonetheless, results. Nonetheless, you know, he was there to help somebody who might have drowned. And so do we have a border problem? And, and Yeah, I could see how, depending on what political spectrum you're, you're part of, would color your I, I mean, I think everybody agrees we have a border issue, you know. Right. Nobody, nobody says, oh, there's no problem or there's no room for improvement on, on what happens on the southern border. Right? For me, it just it's hard to believe that four years can really change. I, to me, I feel like it's, a, it's, it's definitely not who's the president that determines our migrant patterns necessarily. Um, you know, some people would say, look, Trump, for better or worse, definitely sent out the message if you – come to the U.S. southern border, we might take your kids away from them and not tell you where they're going. Or we might just wait, make you wait in Mexico. Yeah, but that didn't stop the number of people that actually made the caravan journey Th- Those caravans from... were still coming. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that people who are very pro that tough stance would say yes it did yeah it did the numbers were turning around until biden got in there and then they started going the other way i'm not sure that's true or not but i i would agree i think everybody would that uh illegal immigration is a problem it is something that happens and it's unfortunate when anybody uh passes away in the well i think this enforcement of it i think this is a good moment to point out that that people in border patrol don't just you know abuse that you know, no, or, or absolutely. Step on people's rights. One of my sometimes best friends they, is a border patrol sometimes agent. Sometimes they put their lives in danger to help the people that they're supposed. They are some of the best guys you could ever meet. Yeah, they absolutely you know do a difficult job. Yeah, so it was very tragic. It didn't say what happened to the uh, to the people that the National Guard soldier went in to rescue. No, they made it, it doesn't say Although whether they, they did say that when they were searching for the National uh, Guardsman's body, they found another body that wasn't his. It was, and they didn't identify that as of Saturday. Oh man! All right, Emmanuel Macron won the French presidential election with fifty-eight percent of the votes on Sunday, doing better than polls predicted, and becoming the first president in twenty years to claim a second term. 
Macron was facing his far-right rival Marine Le Pen in a runoff election for France's presidency that could have sweeping consequences for the country's future and its relationship with Europe. Macron, the centrist incumbent, and Le Pen emerged as the top candidates after first-round vote earlier this month. Sunday's runoff was a rematch of the 2017 presidential election in which Macron beat Le Pen by a landslide. Here is Macron talking to his supporters. Making sure everything is on. All right. All right. What did he say? Uh, he, it's a historic... <laughs> a historic... I, I thought the clip was in English, honestly. <laughs> why, why, would, why would Emmanuel Macron... First of all, you should really listen to clips. Yeah. Why would Emmanuel Macron Dr- address his address French his people in English? In Maybe Nico French. thought in that English. it was translated. Yeah. Somebody was translated. That's exactly. Thank you, Joanna. I took two. I took a year of high school French. So let's see if I together we something generation together we will do. This is a historic uh, result. Together, we will something something for the generations, the generation to come. Yeah. No, that's it. Exactly. Oh, my God. That's today's it's recycler. Good thing that you had a fluent uh, francophone. Right here on the show right with here. us. That's, we, are, we are blessed to have your tongue. <laughs> well, thank you. I uh, get a lot of comments. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A Texas woman's scheduled execution is bringing Republicans and Democrats together to try and stop it. Activists and lawmakers are rallying support for a woman who is just a few days away from being the first Latina ever executed in Texas. More than a dozen rallies were held around the U.S. over the weekend to voice opposition to the execution of Melissa Lucio. Locally, a prayer vigil for Lucio was held by Catholic Bishop Daniel Flores on Friday, and state lawmakers and other supporters rallied in Brownsville. Lucio was convicted of capital murder in Cameron County in 2008 for the death of her two-year-old daughter. Unless the state steps in to stop the execution, she will be put to death on Wednesday. Republican State Rep. Jeff Lynch says it will be a historic, irreversible blunder on the part of the state of Texas if we go forward with this. I've never seen a more troubling case than that of Melissa Lucio. Well, are, what's the mitigate? Is there anything mitigating? I, I think... Uh, also, why is it bringing the different sides of the political spectrum together? Because they both are calling for the execution to be stopped. Republicans oh, okay. and Democrats are saying. I'm uh, just wondering, is there more to her conviction? Yeah, it sounds like there are some mitigating circumstances that might not make it a capital murder that's, that is okay. up for the death penalty. One thing penalty. I've noticed is like Republicans and conservatives in general, if you like become a Christian in prison, they're a lot more likely to say, oh, you know what? We should let you off. Give them a second chance. Right. Well, um, I'm not sure if that's the reason that people are supporting her or not, but you you, you know what I mean. The, like, there are certain uh, offenses was that make a, a negligence type of right, thing, whether or it's was this a direct like intent to do homicide, which you think it's got to be because that's that's that, how you get um, that's how you get a murder conviction, and that, you know, you that's all get, that makes the difference get between a capital conviction. or not. Yeah, you don't get a capital conviction if it was accidental or or neglect or whatever. So uh, we will see, but Wednesday will be the day. Texas just executed the, the oldest. oldest. And that guy had been on death row for like 35 years. Right. Imagine this finally. Lady, this lady hasn't even been on death row for 20 years. No, uh, 2008. So 
12 years. All right, a Minneapolis 13-year-old is becoming a college graduate. Elliot Tanner says after he gets his bachelor's degree in physics from the University of Minnesota, he plans to move on to a Ph.D. physics program in the fall. He's one of the youngest grads the university's ever seen and has been active in his studies through participating in undergraduate research and tutoring other students. Besides physics, Tanner says he also has a love for pop culture. Namely, I see he's on the Sheldon Cooper career path, right? Namely the show Young Sheldon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He says even he even got the chance to meet the actor behind the boy genius, Ian Armitage, Ian Armitage, and says the two of them have been friends since. I watched a couple episodes of Young Sheldon. It's great. It it's good. I was surprised at how good it is. It's really, really, really good. You didn't like Big Bang Theory. I at didn't all. care for Big Bang Theory. It's not the sitcom uh, setup. You can. It seems like it has to have different, possibly different writers. I mean, it it has a whole different tone. It's a much in my opinion, much better show than Big Bang Theory. Isn't it cool this little 13-year-old boy, though, is friends with the young Sheldon actor? And he's like a boy genius. Elliot plans on being a high-energy theoretical physicist and ultimately a professor of physics at the university. There's only one hiccup. His parents haven't been able to get grant scholarships or funding to pay for Elliot's education. Imagine a 13-year-old could find some scholarship. So a 13-year-old... Normally would be like seventh, eighth grade. You have a fourteen-year-old. Fifteen. She's fifteen now. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that'd be what seventh, like seventh grade? or eighth grade, probably. Yeah, that's crazy. Twitter may be considering Elon Musk's bid to purchase the social media company. Reports say Twitter's board met yesterday morning to discuss Musk's forty-six billion dollar offer to purchase the company, citing people familiar with the matter. The board apparently is taking the bid very seriously. The New York Times reports that they were said to have talked to Musk overnight. The social media company initially had been expected to decline the offer and adopt adopt a so-called poison pill to push back against the takeover. I was, uh, you know, as I'm following this, it's like if somebody can raise the money, do they have to sell it to somebody if they're a publicly traded company? Is there a rule that says they have to or, or could the board of directors just say, well, we don't want to sell it to you? That's a hostile takeover, right? Well, the, I, the per- I, I, I went over this last week. Remember, yeah, I, I didn't to... follow. <laughs> so what what you can do is uh, do it in different ways. But um, one of the ways that Musk is doing it is he's offering uh, a ten or fifteen dollar premium on each stock right now. So he will he's willing to pay ten or do- uh, ten or fifteen dollars more for each stock than it's worth right now. And that that is a good thing for whoever owns a stock because that means that they could sell it for the more money. The shareholders. So the and sh- supposedly the board of directors are supposed to answer solely to the shareholders. We've heard them say that. That is their job. They answer to the shareholders. They they have a fiduciary so if, responsibility. So if the shareholders can really make a, a bundle here, they might be they required to sell it to Elon. They Musk. at least have to consider it. Yeah. But they were considering something called a poison pill. Right, which means it would it would do something that would either dilute the stock or it would do something to to counter screw up the deal. Exactly. All right, uh, let's take a break because Eddie Vedder's talking to astronauts. Oh and yeah, Eddie Vedder is talking to people in space, and we got to find out more about that. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, entertainment news on the way. Later this hour, we've got a true crime report that's also coming up this Monday morning. Weather today is going to be sunny 
and it's going to be around 80 degrees, and it's going to be fairly windy. So looking at 15 to 20 mile an hour winds today and a windy day ahead tomorrow as well with uh, no rain in the forecast, but again, close to 80 degrees for tomorrow's high temperature. We'll have another cash code keyword headed your way in less than an hour. And this is the final week to go fund yourself with the cash code keywords on 95.5 KLAQ. Before we uh, segue back into the news, here's a lineup of what's on TV tonight. American Idol uh, tonight at 7. American Song Contest is programmed right against that on NBC. I can't believe that these things haven't started to run out of gas. It's like primetime is contest and game shows. Music contests, specifically. Music contests and game shows. CBS mm-hmm. has the prices right at night, tonight, starting at 7. HBO's got a limited series called We Own This City. John Bernthal, a.k.a. Shane from Walking Dead, a.k.a. AKA the, Punisher. the Punisher. And it's about corruption of the Baltimore Police Task Force. And uh, that premieres on HBO and HBO Max. Tonight's schedule also includes All American and 911 at 7, All American Homecoming and 911 Lone Star at 8, and The End Game at 9. Do you guys have uh, Peacock? Yes. You have Peacock? Have you seen the previews or have you watched an episode? <sighs> All right, I'm going to describe it to you. Craig Robinson plays a python hunter in Florida, except. He's deathly afraid of snakes, and he's only doing it for the money. You Is any, it called like killing? Killing it? it? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen? I've the, seen the previous here, yeah, but okay. I haven't watched it. It looks pretty good. I was telling uh, Nico about it. Did you watch it? I watched uh, two episodes. I think was it good? I've, I've watched at least one episode. I think I've watched two. Because we just watched the trailer right now. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not bad. The trailer is pretty funny. They are killing snakes in every episode, <laughs> so I know. Like some people don't like that. Uh, are snakes in danger? Because it makes me think. Oh, no, they had bundles in, of them. They're invasive. They are. Yes, okay. people got them as pets. Okay, so there are two contributing factors over the past thirty years. Like Burmese pythons. Burma is on the opposite side of the world, right? From Florida, they don't live here normally. Yeah, and they don't have any predators here, right. so they basically are an invasive species. So people getting them as pets and then just turning them loose in the swamp. But it's like, oh, I had no idea he was going to get this big. This is really becoming a pain. I'm going to let him go in the swamp. The other contributing factor, every time there's a hurricane, pet stores, like anything else, might get demolished or and they get and, loose and from the... And the snakes <laughs> have gotten loose? Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. Well, Florida, you've done it again. Uh, that is Killing It with Craig Robinson on uh, Peacock, if you got that on streaming. For some reason, the word Peacock really makes me think of streaming. I'm, I think that's what they want. Uh-huh. When you think of streaming, think Peacock. peacock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to news. Uh, Nico, we got a couple more stories, and then we're going to be able to finish up with news. So go ahead. That's right. President Joe Biden spoke with Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett over the weekend to discuss shared regional and global security challenges, including the threat posed by Iran and its proxies. Biden also accepted an invitation to visit Israel over the coming months. 
And the Powerball jackpot is approaching half a billion dollars. Now you got my interest. So get get, ri- a, get out of here with this week quarter million, uh, quarter billion. Here's half my ears a don't billion. pick up. My ears don't perk up until I hear at least half a bill. That's right. The Powerball jackpot is nearing the half billion dollar mark, and lottery officials are saying no one picked all six numbers in Saturday night's drawing. That means tonight's jackpot will be worth four hundred and twenty million dollars. Sweet four twenty. Cannot wait till it's up to tres comas. If you don't care about the big prize, you have about a one in twenty-five chance of winning some of the other cash prizes. And U.S. Customs and Border Protection is tell, uh, telling about a recent seizure of a truck that wasn't just hauling strawberry puree. On top of the puree, the big right, I'm sorry, the big rig was also reportedly carrying almost 1,800 pounds of meth in pink bags, which fooled no one. That much meth has an estimated street value of over $35 million. Laredo Port of Entry Director Albert Flores says the big seizure shows the reality of the drug threat we face at the port of entry. And finally, Eddie Vedder has teamed up with NASA for an out-of-this-world interview. The Pearl Jam frontman interviewed the crew currently aboard the International Space Station. As they orbit over 250 miles above Earth, NASA astronauts Caleb Baron, Raja Chari, Thomas Marshburn, Mark Vandeday, and European Space Agency astronaut Matthias Marer talked with Vetter in a celebration of Earth Day on April 22nd. I had no idea Eddie Vedder's speaking voice, you could make out the words, because I've only heard him sing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the European astronaut Matthias Maurer talked about what can be learned in space about environmental damage down here on Earth. Again, uh, this was Eddie Vedder, lead singer of Pearl Jam, interviewing uh, the astronauts, and Eddie says that it was a very emotional experience for him. Yeah, way to drop some hints there, Eddie. <laughs> you hoping Bezos is going to hear that? <laughs> I wonder if that's kind of how you auditioned to go up on a space flight. I've always wanted to go. Well, this is the second time Eddie Vedder's collaborated with NASA. In March, his Invincible music video was actually inspired by NASA's Artemis One moon mission. Hey, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to Eddie Vedder here in a second because uh, Pearl Jam's the subject of the uh, Loudwire Nights list tonight. Oh, cool. Best album, which, you know, come on, is there any debate over what the best Pearl Jam album is? I don't think so. No. Uh, you know who Adrian Grenier is from Entourage? Uh, he was Anne Hathaway's husband in the Devil Wears Prada. He was okay. a chef. It was her boyfriend. Boyfriend, sorry. They weren't married. Sorry. Adam Grenier <laughs> is joining the celebrity space race Kind of. He's not going on a billionaire's rocket. He's going up in a balloon, but it's a balloon that goes super, super high. Hi. Uh, there's a startup called Worldview, which is developing a balloon that will launch people to a height of 100,000 feet. Is that space? No, but it's very high up. I've seen the movie Up before. They didn't get that high. <laughs> So that's not technically space, but it's far enough you see the curvature of the Earth and the darkness beyond the atmosphere. Trips are slated to begin in 2024, and they'll cost $50,000. And what were the uh, people who were actually paying 
Not counting Shatner. You know, people who got freebies, I'm not counting. Like 50 million? No, I don't think it was that much, but it was millions for sure. Um, so these balloon rides to, let's say, the edge of space are going to cost about $50,000. And yes, Adrian Grenier is going to take a ride in one of them. He says, by allowing people to have those profound cognitive changes in their perception, we can activate together to build that future. Well, we can activate together as long as you've got $50,000. Well, this is the cost-effective option. This is the cheap option. And Turtle doesn't even get to go along? <laughs> does, does, is that almost like you're the bargain basement celebrity? If you get a, It's like big celebrities get to go up in a spaceship. William Shatner. William Shatner gets to go to a spaceship, but if you're, if you're Adrian Grenier, you got to go up in a balloon. That's not quite to outer space. Yeah. I think I I would hate that even more. Like, I would be too scared to go on the rocket well, ship. You have a fear of heights. I have Wait, a fear you think of the heights. Ro- the rocket would be more of a problem or the air balloon? The balloon would be more. Yeah, that's the balloon what I would, would think. Terrifying. I've gone a balloon that's only gone up like a thousand feet, and I'm just, my knees are knocking because I'm so afraid of being. Oh, yeah. What do you do an, for Balloon Fest every year? I went one year, and then that was it. I told him, I've done it. I've Sorry. done my time. Oh, that's it. Did no you ever more. do it, Joanna? No. Yeah. No balloons year, for me. Many years ago. But being in an airplane, I'm fine because you're enclosed and, you know. Yeah, you'd be fine on the rocket Being ship. in a really tall building, I'm okay if I don't get too close to the window. Like, I won't get within more than, like, five feet of a Didn't window. Didn't you go on the roof here once? <laughs> a one-story building. Uh-huh. And it was very, very difficult for me to get anywhere near the edge. We needed to film something. I went with you, I think. Yeah, do you remember how afraid I was yeah. of a one-story building? Yeah, terrified. And Daver That's does that scary. every day. Yeah, true. So, uh, on Loudwire Nights tonight, we had a vote, which is the best Pearl Jam album? Obviously, I say it's got to be 10. Because... It's definitely, definitely 10. 10 was the album that had... Uh, even flow. Flow. And uh, alive, I could hear it going into alive there. All right, what's the next? Oh, yeah. Black. Nothing burns. Tattoo everything. And I'm leaving off one. maybe the biggest hit off of that album. Okay. What do you think it is, Joanna? I don't know. From that album that had all it those on it. Was it even flow? No. <gasps> Jeremy! All right, so oh, yeah. starting at 7 o'clock on Loudwire Nights, we're going to have three tracks from whichever album you voted the number one Pearl Jam album of all time. Hell so, yeah. So that's going to be uh, starting off at 7 o'clock, and we will find out if uh, 10 is the obvious pick, I think, but maybe some dark horse comes and uh, scoops it away. I doubt it, though. What a great album. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, time for Hollywood News and Entertainment News with Joanna Barber. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. When you hear the actor Stephen Root, what role comes to mind, if uh, any? Was he the Boston this, News Radio? 
he was Jimmy yeah, Jimmy James in, in uh, News Radio. Yeah. He was uh, uh, the stapler guy from Office Space. <laughs> Nelson, my, my stapler. He was the blind. Give me back my stapler, please. This the blind stapler. radio station operator in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? <laughs> oh, yeah. He was one of the team members in Dodgeball. That's the one that comes to mind to me. Do you remember that character's name? No. Gordon. Gordon. You, oh, good job, I'll, Joanna. The only name I can remember is Patches O'Hula. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, if you said Milton from Office Space, you're definitely Milton's not alone. Bob. There you go, Milton. Milton from Office Space. You're not alone, and that's kind of what everybody remembers him from. If you've never watched the movie, his character is a shy office employee who gets taken advantage of and is known for his red stapler. My red stapler, swing, please. Red swing line, please. <laughs> he even threatens to set the building on fire if someone were fire. to steal it. If anybody takes this, set <laughs> well, this during on fire. an appearance on The Rich Eisen Show, Steven said that Hollywood only recognizes him for that role no matter what other role he's had and that he has a lot of staplers to sign. <laughs> um, I just googled the first thing that comes up when you just put Steven Root's name is, and is it sign stapler. stapler. Sign stapler. <laughs> Other roles you could recognize him for are the voices of Hank Hill's neighbor Bill and Hank's boss Buck. Ooh, ooh, I got one. Uh huh. The judge in Idiocracy. Oh my God! Do you remember? Yeah, he is. And Monroe in all seasons of Barry, which premiered its season three last night on HBO. So stop making him sign staplers. Or he'll set you on fire. <laughs> We're getting some insight into the inappropriate behavior alleged to be exhibited by Bill Murray on the set of Being Mortal. If you'll remember, production was suspended on the film that also featured Seth Rogen and was supposed to be the directorial debut for Aziz Ansari. Apparently, somebody lodged a complaint specifically against Bill, which caused the first suspension. When an investigation was launched into his behavior, it was suspended indefinitely. Now a source is saying, quote, he was very hands-on touchy, not in any personal areas, but put an arm around a woman, touched her hair, pulled her ponytail, but always in a comedic way. It is a fine line, and everybody loves Bill, but while his conduct is not illegal, some women felt uncomfortable, and he crossed the line. Another source says that Bill, quote, loves women and loves to flirt. He enjoys poetry and romance. He's always flirting, but it is always couched in comedy. It isn't clear if he crossed the line. You know, I've seen Bill Bill Murray at the uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Okay. At uh, the AT&T. And believe it or not, the fans are there as much to see Bill Murray as they are to see any of the top golfers. Like, Bill Murray attracts a bigger crowd than probably any golfer other than Tiger Woods. I believe that. And I've seen him work the line before. Mm-hmm. And it's, phys- you know, it's physical. Like, he... That's just part of his thing, and he's done it in, cr- in front of crowds of people. You know, maybe a kiss on the cheek, maybe a, you know, hu- you know, something huggy, like huggy, this. Touchy, right, touchy. he does this, and that right. was never. And those people were strangers, and you know, Bill Murray was initiating, as you say, some kind of physical behavior, but not in any personal areas, and not, and always in a comedic way. And I think, gee, that describes everything I've ever seen him do when he's at these golf tournaments and he's interacting, and the people there love him for it. Right. You but know, because we don't know the full details. We don't know all. I think that's the most important thing. We don't know if maybe don't. one time he did it and everyone was okay. But continuing to do it, maybe it caused some sort of disruption in the workplace. You know uh, Bill Murray's best role? What's that? Space Jam. Uh, yeah. 
Okay. Sure. That's what he should be most <laughs> yeah. famous for. For Space Jam? Yeah. That's a... He carried that movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he was he was essential. Thank you for that insight, wasn't, Nico. Wasn't he... Uh, wasn't he the one who discovered that the golf hole leads yep. into Looneyville? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's the one that dug through the golf course. Right. I mean, you could... Sure, Wayne Knight did his part, but you got to say Bill Murray did the heavy comedic lifting. <laughs> <laughs> well, finally, from one Saturday Night Live, uh, Saturday Night Live loom to another, Steve Martin has just put about... All of the internet going to bat for him against millennials who apparently don't find the humor in one of his most famous SNL sketches. I really King had to reverse Tut. track because when I saw that there was, oh, millennials are upset about Steve Martin's King Tut, I thought for sure the story was going to be, well, he's appropriating Egyptian culture because he's dressed. He's a white man dressed like an Egyptian, not even doing the dance the right way. So Steve Martin began trending this uh, past Saturday, and I got concerned because every time somebody's trending on Twitter, right. it means they died. So I got a little scared, but no, it was for this. Uh, well, some people were piling praise on the Egyptian-themed dance that he performed in the 70s. It seems one person, and perhaps maybe more, asked a simple question. Where the heck is the funny in this thing? <laughs> As one 20 or 30-something notes, quote, I'm sure my parents found this hilarious in the 70s, but I honestly don't get it. He's doing a funny dance and voice, but there really isn't a bit that my millennial brain can parse. First of all, I love that millennials are speaking in comedy terms. Like, they get what the difference between a bit, a joke, uh, punchlines are. It's my like, millennial also, brain, I don't, brain can't parse. Yeah. <laughs> As a millennial, I don't claim this person. <laughs> Well, tons of people are coming out in defense of Steve against the person's perception of his comedy chops or lack thereof in their eyes by rightly explaining he was a pioneer and kickstarted an entire wave of legendary stand-ups that emerged in the late 70s and 80s through his wacky style. I, you know, I've said, and this isn't a popular opinion, the earlier the episode of Saturday Night Live, the mm -hmm. less funny. Although there were certainly some periods like in later later seasons where it was really, really bad. But when you look, it was just like a bare stage. If uh, Chevy Chase was supposed to be Gerald Ford, they didn't do any makeup. It was just Chevy Chase in a suit. Yeah. You know, when Dan Aykroyd played Jimmy Carter, nothing special. It was just, Jim, it was just Dan Aykroyd in a suit. Um, but this was, not only was this funny on Saturday Night Live, it got airplay. It was a I hit on the radio. Funny. Um. Maybe but I just find like his his voice very funny when he starts singing. Now, when he was a young man, <laughs> right, hilarious. Yeah, he's a funny man, and part of being funny is Somebody, he speaks in a funny way and he acts in a funny way. And he's dancing, but also this was a huge cultural touchstone back in those days. Was that the King Tut's exhibit was touring the United States. Somebody did mention, like, hey, that clip is circulating without the monologue that he does before he's right. He no, does that's a monologue really talking about, uh, well, uh, the, the yeah, he. I'll just let me just play this. Right, 
Steve Steve Martin is so funny. He can say, "I'd like to talk serious just for a moment," because well, you know whatever he's going to say is going to be freaking hilarious. No, the only reason that works is because he's dressed ridiculously. Right, and he's dressed as <laughs> let an me Egyptian. speak very seriously, and he's dressed like an Egyptian. How I like, cannot it believe going? it's King Tut, Steve Martin. And millennials are all in the same thing, and nobody's upset about the cultural appropriation. <laughs> That's what I was That's sure it was going to be. That's the thing we're mad at. <laughs> Born in Arizona, raised in Babylon, or moved to Babylon. <laughs> Hilarious. We should do one time when we have time, maybe even on an after buzz, we should do the most overrated Saturday Night Live skits or segments of all time. Overrated. And I wouldn't put that in overrated. I mean, that no, was that's pretty funny. Underrated, but if anything. I'm, I'm noticing, like, this was 78. They had finally started putting some effort into costumes and set design, which they really didn't I do. I had never seen this skit until Saturday that it was trending. Really? And I thought it was hilarious. I think you really need that monologue because that's what makes it funny. For anybody who's right. wondering what, why, what's funny about this, it's the fact that we were commercialize, commercializing uh, King Tut and he's making fun of it. <laughs> no, it was, that's hilarious. Uh, I'm using the ancient melodies Modali- and modalities. modalities. Like, no, he but didn't use one. Did Listen, you do the monkey? <laughs> I only vaguely remember the 70s, but I can remember on the news the King Tut Exhibit <laughs> comes to Chicago, you know, or whatever Walter Cronkite was. It was a newsworthy story, so he was doing a parody. I would say, when I think of overrated Saturday Night Live bits, the the samurai thing, that was basically the same bit over and over again. As guy walks into a place of business where you wouldn't expect a samurai to be working, and then John Belushi pulls a sword on him. <laughs> That's actually kind of hilarious. <laughs> That's the same bit over and over and over again. <laughs> oh, well, with your entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. In just about 15 minutes, give or take a few, we'll have another cash code keyword. We'll have one per hour throughout the day. And uh, this is the final week. Every day, though, there's a $2,000 winner. There's a grand prize of $10,000. Can you win both of them? I don't know. It's a mystery. (laughs) Maybe you can. (laughs) Ah, Once again, I see the most dangerous profession in the world has claimed another victim. The world's oldest woman died at the age of 119 in Japan. Alaskan crab fishing? No, no. This is the job of being the world's oldest person. Ah, that's right. Nobody holds on to that title for very long. But I think this Japanese lady had... I think she had been, like, the oldest confirmed person. Do you remember there was a lady... Like, I think she passed away in the 90s, but she was supposed to have been, like, 125 years old. And she was in the Guinness record as the oldest confirmed person uh jean calmet was her name Mm -hmm. since then it's turned out like people who've investigated it think it's a lot more likely that that she wasn't actually that old that she was closer to maybe like 105 that's still pretty old sure that's that's old but it's not unheard of 
Oh, my. Excuse me. They think maybe at some point uh, for benefits, she assumed the identity of her mother. That's why she has a birth certificate that goes back that far, but... No way. That's pretty sneaky. Yeah. Uh, Somebody in the chat had a question for you. They uh, were talking about your fear of heights, and they were asking if you would ever be willing to do uh, skydiving. Yeah, if the plane were crashing. (laughs) You couldn't get me in a parachute quick enough. If I knew the plane was crashing, I'd push push people out of the way. There's one guaranteed way. (laughs) Yeah. If I, in my mind, believe that the plane is going to crash and there's no chance of survival. Good luck, kids and women. Suddenly, I've got a new hobby, skydiving. Yeah. Would you ever do it recreationally? No. No. <laughs> no. Would you ever do one of those indoor sky fly, uh, skydiving like I fly? I think that I've seen the deal and I'm like right on the weight limit. Like you can only do it if you're below. We don't have enough air. <laughs> <There's> not, <laughs> they can't, can't generate. Him. They can't generate enough thrust. <laughs> I think if I just lost like five to fifteen pounds, I might qualify for it. But five. I, yeah, like five pounds, five to fifteen. Yeah, give I, her more power. I think there's a right. She cut a huddle. She cut a huddle, Captain. We need more time. <laughs> the package is extraordinarily big. Uh, no, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. There, you. I would love to see you go and do it, just to see you hover like half a foot off the ground. Right? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's like, hey, we, we, we can make it work. It's going to require all the energy that we have. There's probably going to be a blackout on the west side, <laughs> but we'll only be able to get you about six inches off the ground. Is that okay? Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Well, I think you answered their question. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna skydive. Do you know what was super, super popular thirty years ago when I? Because I remember we used to go out and do this. It seems like on a weekly basis. Uh, bungee bottle jumping. Oh, bungee. You went bungee jumping? Of course, I didn't go. But sometimes I would be in the cage. <laughs> like, the, so you would be in the cage if you're gonna bungee jump. There'd be a cage. What? Wh- okay. <sighs> because they'd hoist it on a crane. Really? I thought you were supposed to bungee off like bridges and really high no. things. No. Well, that's Have what I'm saying. Have you not seen Selena? She's like in a cage when she goes bungee jumping. Oh. It was, this was extremely popular. I think the liability just got to the point that they don't do it anymore. But like every weekend we'd be out at either Ossetunas or Pistoleros or someplace on the east side. And people would pay, I don't know, 50 bucks, 60 bucks, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I would occasionally go up in the cage, so I'm not jumping, but I'm just as scared as the guy who's about to jump. And I would say, I don't know, 10 stories off? Does that sound reasonable? Uh, like 100 stories? feet off the ground? That's a, that a, crane that's could, a big crane. Yeah, but they would set it up in the parking lot of a bar. Oh, that's crazy. And people would be doing it all night. Oh and I'd be, up, you know... I, Hey, come out to Pistoleros tonight. We've got bungee jumping for only $50. You can jump out of this cage with a rubber band tied around your waist. <laughs> How do I know they've maintained that thing? There must have been some tragic 
incidents because you don't see bungee jumping like that. Or maybe yeah. the liability insurance like you were yeah, talking about. Yeah, I think about. the liability just went sky high. Well, what about roller coasters? You have like when you get to the top of the 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 roller coaster, does that scare you? I think that's happening so fast that it, I mean, sure, I it you know, there's a thrill of roller coasters, but I enjoy roller coasters. But you don't get the fear of the no, heights. No, I think that it's going so fast kind of. Uh-huh. You know where I get freaked out like if there's a a really high flyover ramp in traffic. There's one in Wichita Falls that just, I almost like avoid the interstate so I don't have to go over this flyover ramp that goes over Wichita Falls, but it goes, the spaghetti bowl kind of does it a little. Okay, I get what you mean. You know, the flyover. Yeah. Imagine that, but twice as high as what you get when you hit I-44 in <laughs> that Wichita would be Falls. That kind of scary. That's, yeah. that's always pretty scary to me, but I'm in, you know, it's weird. If I'm in an enclosed thing like a, airplane i'm usually good if i'm inside a building okay car a car you think i'd be okay but i'm telling you though those some of those high traffic well even overpasses overpass, i'm looking yeah. for yeah even even the spaghetti bowl can get a little scary oh if i were on the side of the first of all don't ever get out of the side of the road on that <laughs> on that overpass on spaghetti bowl but if i were i would be very afraid to look over the edge of that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of bungee jumping, yeah. If I found a place where for, you could go bungee jumping, where you could go bungee jumping, would you do it? I would go up in the cage and watch you bungee jump. Oh. But at least you would still go up in the cage. Okay, yeah, that's work. That's workable. You, know. you would bungee jump, Nico? I would. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm into that stuff. Now find out the weight limit on that and let me know too. Joanna, I've got <laughs> video. I if we can do tandem. This is a guy at a baseball you and game. Buzz holding each other. Oh, it could be me and you, me and Buzz. Go whatever. on with this guy at the baseball game, Buzz, because this is from hilarious. His, it looks like it might be a Yankees game based on the, the color. color of his or Dodger. Yeah, no, this looks mm-hmm. like Yankee Yankee blue instead of Dodger blue to me. <laughs> but he's doing something, and people are howling in outrage. Ew, gross. <laughs> All right, what's the guy doing? He's dipping his hot dog into a beer, a full beer. That sounds like a euphemism, but it's not. It's I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> he has a hot dog, and he is dipping it's it in his beer. really frothy. The person who posted it said, arrest this man. <laughs> I'm looking at the dog. It looks like a plain, a plain hot wiener dog. on a bun. I'm not seeing any relish or onions, and I'm not even sure there's ketchup. Uh, not ketchup. You don't put ketchup mustard. on a hot dog. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. You put mustard on a hot dog. No ketchup? If you're putting ketchup on it, you're doing it the wrong way. <laughs> huh. Interesting. You put ketchup on your hot dog just like my kids. I thought that was the condiment. No, no. Mustard's for hot dogs. All right. Good to know. That is really gross, and you don't want mustard in your beer, I guess, so that's probably why it's well, not. It doesn't look like he has mustard on that dog. No, I, I don't think he got anything on there. But I... I don't know. Maybe there's, know. there well, might be some No, because then it would be in your beer. So, I'm not a beer drinker, but the way he's, like, just dipping his hot dog in it, I would I would dip my hot dog in beer and drink it. Just because the way he's doing it? It looks Because so your good. beer would taste vaguely hot dogish. No, I don't know. It, no, it hot dogs are like, dry. I would say if you had to dip it in a beer, maybe you've got to hold of kind of a crusty bun. Maybe the hot dog uh, bun is not as moist as it right. should be. That's the way like the the fast-eating hot dog eaters do it. Oh, They'll right. Dip their yeah, hot but dog they're trying in. to eat like a hundred of them. 
I was just about to mention that. You're yeah. right, Jonah. They get a cup of water, the Nathan's hot dog uh-huh. e- uh, eating the contest. contest. They get a, a cup of water. The great and they... Kobayashi was the uh, originator of that. Yeah, well, because it wets the. <laughs> well, yeah, and then it, like... it turns the bread into almost like a semi-solid or liquid. Yeah, just it's easier to chew. Right. But, you know. So I know they do that, but this guy's taking his time. He's just enjoying his oh, hot is, dog and a beer. This is for pleasure. He even taps it on the second dip. Doesn't want like to get too much. Like, it's not too much. Somebody called it. It's not a French dip. It's this an is an Ameri- An American dip. That is what they call the American dip. Now, are people sharing their weird food dipping combinations? No. Well, a lot of them are saying like, oh, you know, that's not so bad. I dip my fries into a frosty. That's a that is a delicious, delicious. standard thing to do. Someone says I, I don't, don't even think that's uncommon now. My, right. My my daughter does that. Someone says now I don't feel bad for dunking my pizza crust in soda. And someone's like, you should still be feeling you bad about still that. Still feel ashamed. I've done that before. But dipping your pizza crust Weird. in soda, like, I would do that. I would do that. Why? I think I have done that before. Because you got the pizza crust, and I hate to see food go to waste. Somebody says it's all going in the same place. And the so if you dip it in the soda, by the time you're done with your pizza, when you're down to the crust, you're probably also your thirst has been satiated. So you're just like I'll dunk it in here and does it increase the the flavor? No, no, no. I think it just makes it a little more palatable because it's the the crusty crust. So you're trying to do a Kobe. <laughs> yeah, there's no pizza sauce on it or cheese. Yeah. I just don't know how Dr. Pepper makes it. Uh, there's no ranch nearby for me to dip it in. All right. You're kind of right in the sense that what's the difference between taking a bite and then taking a sip of something right after? Yeah, exactly. All right, let me I'll share the same Let place. me share some with you. All right. Okay. Cheetos and Philly cream. Oh, like and hot Cheetos. Hot Cheetos. Yes. So, I believe this uh, image You've that I'm that looking before? at. Yes, says, that's Cheetos, Cheetos with cream cheese. Do you dunk them right in the tub with the cream cheese? Because it could. seems like that would create it's, it's an like orange a dip, mess. Like a dip. Hmm. Dip your Cheeto into it. Again, not a euphemism. <laughs> I'm going to use all these all right. to pick up a girl Pickle tomorrow. <laughs> in hummus. At least it looks like Pickle hummus. Pickle in hummus. I've never tried never that. Never tried, but... You know what I've seen a lot of people do, though? They'll dip the pickle into mustard Ooh. and eat it like that. Well, they're both vinegary. But right, I here, would eat that. Like, I'm going to try that. that I, I'm just looking at photos. I did weird dipping combinations, <laughs> and this is what came back. Okay. I never thought of this, but it doesn't sound too bad. Plain potato chips in ketchup. You put french fries in ketchup. True. What's ter- is that terrible? To put chips. I've never tried that. Just to, in the picture, it's got plain Lay's classics in ketchup. What do you think of that? I want to try it. We <sighs> should try all these. Oh, by the way, the pizza crust, that's only if there's no more ranch on the table. That's what the, I the said, only, right? Did you say that? Yeah, well, there's no ranch around. Right, if the ranch is all gone. Well, I guess my Dr. Pepper is the next best thing. Ooh, and Dr. Pepper. Uh, let's see. They've j- then they've got a whole thing of just weird food combinations. Peanut butter on a hamburger. Gross. Huh. Salt and pepper on apples. Now that Salt I could understand. I honestly, <gasps> I, I was in apple. college before I realized that not everybody ate salt on apples. Because that's really? how my, da- my dad would have the apple in one hand. It was one of his favorite weekend snacks. 
and the salt shaker in the other. And he'd just go to town. Every time he'd take a oh bite. Oh, my God. I have an would, apple. I'm going to try it. He would put salt on the apple. God, what was and I salt? thought that was that's specific, how you ate an apple. Was it a specific kind of apple, like a Fiji? <laughs> it was gala. Gala. No. Red Delicious. I think it was just a standard Granny Smith. Granny Smith. Granny yeah. Smith. Red Delicious. That can make a difference. <laughs> no, no. It didn't matter. Whatever the <laughs> apple was. Salt Guess what? <gasps> Same thing with watermelon. He would salt that sucker up. Well, think about what people put on their um, watermelon or fruit today, Joanna. Tahin. I put tahin, yeah. Tahin is basically salt <gasps> and some type of chili. Nico, you're right with the coming in with the facts. What is tahin? It's that like spicy... You- you know, I honestly don't. Powder. Know. I've brought it to. Yes, you do because I had it at powder. the house when I lived with you. It's like lime salt. My... It's it's like the the chili powder. But the lime, chili powder. With, yeah. yeah, the lime chili powder. And it's called tahine. T a j i n. T a j i n. It's tahine, but it's pronounced tahine. Which is salt, pepper, chili, and a little lime uh, lime flavor. Oh. Here's oh, a my here's a just since we're talking about dipping combinations, and my dad came up. Uh-huh. And some doozies. Are you ready for this? Yeah. My dad did not drink milk. He was just not a milk drinker unless we had hot cornbread. Like cornbread, he would take that and crumble it up in a glass of milk. Interesting. And, and then drink it? That he drank good. the cornbread. I think it was a combination. I think he dip and eat. Cornbread is like a nice little sweet snack. If you got two milk. more milks, you can make tres leches. <laughs> So I, 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 guess I remember, I seem to remember him dipping it and maybe eating it, but at some point I can also remember him just crumbling it up and making like a. No, my grandpa used to cornbread. eat cornbread like that. Interesting. Especially the one from Albertsons. Mm. It was, it's so good. So he would have it with a glass of milk. I, yeah, I guess I could see it. Not the Delicious. weirdest. I would dunk it in that. All right. Well, this only gave me an idea. I'm dunking a hot dog in beer. Sure. Oh. I. And pizza it, crust and soda. It doesn't sound like it would ruin <laughs> the beer or the hot dog necessarily. And like somebody said, it all it does. It all goes to the same place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you were a kid, was it a big deal if your food was touching? Because my brother was like his food couldn't be touched. That was my brother uh, brother thing. Yeah, my my meal. And fine. my mom would always say it all goes to the same place. And one time I said the toilet, right, mom? And she. Said, <laughs> I got in trouble because she was talking about to your stomach. <laughs> and I no. called her food crap, basically. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh, it's a nice food segment there. But mm-hmm. I also had uh, the Fasties were awarded, the Fast Food Awards. Uh, the website Thrillist released the results of their third annual Fasties. It's, so this isn't like an industry award. But isn't is it funny that the word fasty also sounds like fatty? <laughs> <laughs> it's very close. Uh, okay. Dangerously close. Also, if you're eating any of this, the last thing you're doing is fasting. And yet yeah, these fast are the fasties. <laughs> uh, best breakfast. Thrillist named Wendy's as best breakfast. Yo, you know, Wendy's has a good breakfast. Does Wendy is it Wendy's even open by six a.m.? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Never had their breakfast. Followed by McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's, that's great. Yeah, classic. My my trump card on that would be if you can find a Burger King <laughs> that ham 
ham and egg sandwich. Uh, the sandwich. But I've gone before like at 7.30, and just depending on the Burger King, maybe mm-hmm. they're open, maybe they're not. They got a real loosey-goosey attitude <laughs> at some of these Burger Kings. Yeah, we felt like opening today. Uh, the best cheeseburgers, uh, and I've never heard of this, Culver's, it must be a regional thing, Culver's Double Butter Burger with Cheese. Oh, and as a, in, as a runner-up, they've got In-N-Out's Double Double, which we... It's classic. We don't have In-N-Out, though, right? No, but no. when I went to pick up my puppy Jack from San Antonio, I got some. You got some In-N-Out? Yeah. And number oh. three, they've got Sonic's Supersonic Double Cheeseburger. The best fried chicken sandwiches... Burger King's King Sandwich. Runners up, Popeye's Chicken Sandwich, then KFC's Ooh, Chicken Ooh, remember sandwich. when all of them were having the Chicken Sandwich Wars? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, right. very, that's very 2019, I feel like. <laughs> okay, best chicken nuggets. The way people go on about these uh, Chick-fil-A nuggets. Chick-fil-A nuggets, the best. They're okay, they're fine. They have an interesting I don't get what the them. big deal is. The seasoning. Uh, but this is bound to start, you know, a war if you brought if you agree with this. They listed Arby's premium chicken nuggets as the best chicken nuggets, followed by Popeyes, then Chick Fil A's nuggets. Now hold on, record scratch. Uh-huh. Arby's has chicken nuggets. They do. <laughs> Joanna, not only what? do they have chicken nuggets, according to Thrillist, they've got the best chicken nuggets. Oh, my God. They do they've been have saying, the meats. They've been saying for years they have the meats, and you didn't take them seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I didn't figure in chicken into right. the meats. Mm. The best I guess fri- it is meat. The last category I'm going to do, because we've got to take a break, and I still have that true crime report, but the last category I'm going to do is fries. People definitely have... Strong opinions on yeah, fries. Yeah, strong opi- opinions on fries. The best fries historically McDonald's were McDonald's, McDonald's back yeah. when they used to cook them in animal fat and then they switched <laughs> to something they're just not as good right. but those McDonald's fries used to be so good that I could see somebody getting seriously medically addicted to them they were that good and they're then, not that good anymore and then they changed the recipe so now who has the best fries well of course okay I'll tell you who does it's not who's on this list Thrillist says Arby's curly fries are the best fries. They are really good. Runners up, McDonald's in second, then Chick-fil-A's waffle fries in third. Mm, The best fries, fries. I'm telling you, Mm -hmm. and I'm a connoisseur, (laughs) KFC's got the best fries. What? Have you tried KFC's fries? Not since they got rid of the wedges, I've been protesting. Yeah, uh, what kind of fries? Just straight up fries? Do you think they fry them where they fry the chicken too? That thought occurred to me because they're so good. <laughs> there has to be animal. <laughs> but here's the thing. Animal. I had never gotten fries before because I always got your standard, which is what? You get the chicken and, and what do you get potatoes. with it? Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. And right. if you get another side? Some corn. Coleslaw. You oh. get the coleslaw. I get yeah. the corn. Yeah. My daughter gets the french fries. And finally, hey, give me some of those french fries. Mm. <laughs> My eyes were opened. That KFC, actually, they're not on the list, but they've got great, great French fries. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Against the law. It's against the law. It's against the law. Mm Mm-mm. 
No, no. Don't. It's against the law. It's against the law. It's time for our true crime report, actual crime stories from around the world and across the nation. Our first uh, story is about a guy who did an armed robbery of a family dollar at gunpoint, but then had second thoughts and came back and returned the money saying, I can't do this. Guess what? He's still in trouble. Yeah. Like, you can't have a change of heart in the middle of an arm. Well, I mean, you can, but Doesn't. I guess they don't cut you much slack. Also, I'm, I'm, the guy, I'm still going to call the police on you. The guy was a former police officer. Oh, man. A uh, 63-year-old former cop walked into a family dollar last week in North Carolina. Hanging around the corner, the clerk asked if he needed help. That's when he pulled out a gun and demanded cash. He got it. Again, this is the family dollar. I don't know how much... You get away with it, a family dollar. Then shortly later, he came back in, put the cash on the counter and said, I can't do this. Then he exited the family dollar a second time, but didn't get far because they had called the police and uh, they caught the guy out front. (laughs) Apparently he was locked out of his vehicle. Oh, maybe that's why he had the change of heart. Maybe he was like, I can't do this because I left my keys in the car. Not, I can't do this because I'm a former police officer and I'm having qualms. Sorry. Can you call a tow truck for me, please? Yeah. In any event, he was arrested for armed robbery. Uh, There's no word on how much he originally stole from the store. Yeah, but uh, former police officer came back after either having second thoughts or realizing his he didn't have a getaway car. A, convic- a convicted felon got arrested with guns, with a gun and drugs. Okay. After trying to take them into Disney World. <laughs> 33-year-old man from North Carolina, Quincy Campbell, is facing charges. He tried to go through security at the Magic Kingdom with a gun. It was in a black bag hanging from his neck. When police found it, he claimed he was holding it for his sister (laughs) and that she had a concealed carry license. Mr. Campbell did not because he's a felon, so he's not allowed to handle guns. By the way, Disney doesn't let you take your gun into their parks, even if you have a concealed carry license. Good to know. It wasn't just the guns. Police say when they were talking to Mr. Campbell about the gun, he became nervous and agitated. Um, At some point in the conversation with police, they say he pulled out a plastic bag, apparently filled with drugs and Tried to swallow them all. That sounds like a terror, right? <laughs> Police who were already questioning him about the gun ordered him to spit them out, <laughs> but he only started chewing and eventually swallowed whatever was in there. Nom, 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 nom. 
Cops said they could see a, quote, chalky white substance around his mouth afterward. But he claimed it wasn't drugs and he had just put some gum in his mouth. Uh, Police didn't believe it, but they also found weed. So he's facing charges for that, plus destruction of evidence and possession of firearm by a convicted felon. He was taken to a hospital to make sure that whatever he swallowed didn't kill him. Then they took him to jail. What is the the thought process that's going through his head when he is buying his ticket? Inside, he's like, all right, I'm about to go inside. What do we got? Oh, I, got I didn't forget my gun. Good. Didn't forget my drugs. I got my drugs. I got my weed. All right, I'm set. Set to go to Disney World. They, they don't... Uh, or Disneyland. They don't check your bag or anything right. going in here, do they? I got my gun, my trusty gun. As far as I know, they, they check your bags when you're going into anything. Anything. Yeah. When you go into a Chihuahua's game, they make the ladies open up their bags. Don't go to an event with your drugs, man. And the gun that's and, not yours. And the gun. Well, it's his sister's, for clear. I'm still waiting to hear back on the bride and her caterer who spiked all the food at the wedding with uh, marijuana. So we heard about this. A lot of people freaked out. 42-year-old uh, bride, Dan- Dania Svoboda, got married in February. And uh, dinner was served. That dinner, at least portions of it, were laced with marijuana. The caterer, 31-year-old Jocelyn Bryant, uh, was in on it. Both the bride-to-be and Jocelyn thought that it was funny and that the guest would have a good time yeah. and that they would appreciate it as like a little a little gift. A little gift. Well, pick me up. Now, how do you think they introduced the, the marijuana into the food? Uh, probably as an oil concentrate yep. that you, know, you can just put, uh, put it all over your food. Authorities say they turned it into some kind of olive oil right or that it was mixed with olive oil what would happen okay if you and i'm just asking out of curiosity like if you just crumbled up a bunch of dried marijuana and somebody ate it would that would that get them high or would it not get them high <laughs> For, i don't want to be the authority on well, this but well do you but know do you know uh, n- no probably not it's mostly plant matter when you eat it um, and so the amount that that would be so like you know, eating like a leaf. It'd be like eating like a leaf, and your stomach acid and the first pass effect, which means it goes through the liver and and metabolizes. But if it, it's it an oil anything. or butter, because you would need a lot more. You would have to eat a ton of plant. You would have to eat like a pound <laughs> of it. Okay, I, <laughs> to get the same of the concentrated oil. Guest, some of them freaked out. Some of them suspected that they had been dosed with marijuana but some of them had no idea what was going on and thought they were well they well, were confused and many felt paranoid <laughs> one of the things that people don't realize is that when you eat when you eat it it's metabolized differently and it can come on stronger second of all it's also very hard to dose those those oils in in food i mean is one bite five milligrams or 20 milligrams you you don't know you know what it as much as you protest, it does sound like I asked an expert on this. You really know your stuff, <laughs> man. Yeah, but... Okay, sure. Whatever. <laughs> Here are some of the guests uh, talking, part of a 911 call by a confused guest, and also another guest talking about the uh, the marijuana that they didn't know until later that that's what it was. Now, that that 
person sounds very young. That sounds like that could be a teenage boy, doesn't it? A little. I mean, it could be. It could be. It's a young voice, yeah. So the way it was being reported uh, when the story broke on Friday was that the, the bride and the caterer thought, oh, people will enjoy it and everybody will have a good time. Many of them did not. According to uh, reports, one 69-year-old woman told police that she had lost control over her mind and body. And the best man was so affected that he couldn't even talk. The groom, uh, not implicated. It looks like the groom wasn't in on this at all, or at least What's they don't think he was. What's going on with my family? Several guests were hospitalized, but everyone made a full recovery. But the bride and the caterer are facing felony charges. So I don't. You might hear that story and think, "Ah, oh, what were people upset oh, about?" No, it was they just full of weed. They're but, poisoning. They're poisoning people. <clears throat> right. If you don't know, you're ingesting something. It could be. Look up MK Ultra. <laughs> look up. That MK is a Ultra. very extreme example of of the, being dosed. But yeah, you should don't know, do those don't things. Don't give people drugs. It's like spiking punch. Okay, but if you spike the punch and then everybody had it, it wouldn't be a good good time. I've got one final uh, story here. New Zealand is not going to take the title of craziest place from Florida, but. So this cool. is making a run at it. Okay. <laughs> it's tough to to beat the champion. A jockey in New Zealand got banned from racing after it was found that her horse tested positive for meth. Oh, yeah. And so did she. Mm. So she and the horse, yes, I said she, <laughs> ladies can be jockeys now, patriarchy, deal with it. <laughs> oh, I don't know if meth... Is a performance-enhancing drug for humans or horses, but it's definitely a banned substance. Well, they needed speed for racing. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, jockey in New Zealand, her name is Rochelle Lockett. She's 50 years old. A horse that she helped train named B. Flexi won a race in January. Following the race, the horse tested positive for meth. And wouldn't stop grinding his teeth. Uh, Rochelle, who was the jockey and the trainer, had to give a hair and urine sample, and that's how they found that she also tested positive for meth. It is not clear how the horse got meth in its system, but uh, Ms. Lockett admitted that she had done some. How do, you think, how do you think a horse would get meth in its system? Uh, one, she... She could have been doing it, and then the horse... They put it into a little sugar cube. <laughs> the sugar cube, yeah. It could have been given uh, purposely or maybe on accident. She left her meth around, and the horse ate it. Uh, Although, all right. Well, she claimed she only did meth once. Isn't that, isn't that always... It's like, this is the first time I ever tried look, it. I was kind of curious and thought on my <laughs> no, race look, would be the best time to, to try it. She claimed she did it in November because it was her birthday. <laughs> You know, a little birthday meth. Turn 50, do meth. Uh, but her test results showed that she had been using meth long before that. And over a longer period of time, she had eventually admitted that she had done meth two days before the race that her horse won. Do, do, does meth make horses faster somehow? See, I don't know. New Zealand's Racing Integrity Board banned Rochelle for three years. She could be reinstated if she tests negative for 18 months, though. 
The horse also got banned, which seems unfair, either accidentally or on purpose. It doesn't seem like the horse is a winning participant in this. It's like, sir, are those drugs yours? Nay! Not the first time. He's in stable condition, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, I uh, got it. <laughs> this isn't the first time that a racehorse has tested positive for meth. No, Not even the first time in New Zealand. A horse named I'm Not Ticklish tested positive for meth back in 2014. <laughs> At least two other horses in New Zealand failed meth test last year. Wow, they got a real bad meth problem for horses in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, people too, it sounds like. <laughs> hey, Steve is going to be in Vegas this week for the NFL draft, and you can follow all of that on our partner station, 600 ESPN El Paso. Good morning, Cappy. Hey, good morning. I'm excited about getting back to Vegas. It's been a while. Who who has the first round uh, pick this year? Is it Jaguars? Jacksonville. For the second year in a row, they picked number one. And this isn't a year where it's like, oh, well, clearly Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one. No, you know, I, I think no, there's controversy. Nobody knows for sure who's going number one. It could be a defensive player. Probably a defensive like, player. It looks like in the first round, I'm seeing a lot of linemen. Yep. I'm seeing a lot of edge rushers. Yep. Some corners, uh, safeties. You're seeing a lot of safeties. Yep. Cowboys don't pick until 24th. Yeah, so who Boy, knows what's going to So the, the team that picks first is, did the worst last year? That's correct. Okay. Jacksonville. They were terrible. Okay. Oh. Bad. But they, they get the chance to get a really good player to help him with that situation. That's the point, right? Yeah, they, they had a great player to help him with that last year. It didn't do him any good. So, And everybody thought Trevor Lawrence was the answer at quarterback, and he struggled because that team was terrible. Well, that's one of the things. When you're the best player in college football, you're probably going to end up playing for a for terrible team. True. Good uh, point. That often happens. Cowboys don't pick until 24th. There's no way the Cowboys make a pick that's as good as last year's pick when they got Micah Parsons. No, the but they round. could get a good receiver. They, they could, could they could definitely get there's good receivers in this draft, tons. So they could get a game a game-changing receiver at 24 if they wanted. Do do they can you also pick new owners? No. <laughs> that would can't. be a great question. Cowboy fans have been dreaming about that for the last 20 something years and the answer is no. That would be awesome. With the 24th pick, the Cowboys select Blank, new owner of the team. That's good. I like that. That would be hilarious. You're going to uh, Vegas with Adrian as well, right? His first ever trip to Vegas. That will be very fun for him. It will be. But Adrian's now engaged, and I told him I want him to stay engaged when we get back, so that's the idea. What happens in Vegas stays there. So No, none of that. We're, I'm, I'm old now. I'm not like I used to be when I used to start going to Vegas. I mean, the, the first trips I was in my early to mid-20s. Now I'm pushing 50, so it's different. What's the, what's the biggest name that's going to go in the top? 10 let's say like they're they're not these standout quarterbacks or receivers that high it doesn't look like no the best quarterback is right now Malik Willis nobody even knows who he is and then you know you also have Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh um you know there's the quarterback from Cincinnati I mean we're not talking about so normally in the draft teams trade up you get the first two or three quarterbacks off the board in the first five to ten picks it's not going to be like that this time it's a different it's a different type of draft uh Defensive lineman. Yes. Aiden Hutchinson. Trayvon Walker, I'm seeing now, has Mm -hmm. probably got the edge uh, going for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look at you with the draft knowledge. That's (laughs) good. What website are you reading that from? I don't 
don't know, just first one that came up on Google. <laughs> there you go. Lions. <laughs> Nicely done. Jets pick a bunch. In you the know first what? The, li- the Lions have been so bad for so long. They had to get the t- first five picks one year. Eh, it's just right. like everybody, the- we're going to give them five picks because they've been so terrible for so long. Now, when, when can you... You can trade your pick with another team, right? Yes. Does all of that have to be set up before the day of? No, they could do it on draft day. On draft day. Oh, yeah, okay. they could do it. They could do it right when they're, when they're picking. Take place. Have you ever seen the movie Draft Day with with uh, Kevin Costner? No. When he pretends to be the uh, in the movie, he's the general manager of the Cleveland Browns, and they've got the number one pick, and it's like the pressure of either making the pick or you know, trading I never saw it. That movie. Mm-hmm. You never saw it? No. You should. It's, all of my movie draft knowledge comes from. Jerry Maguire. Well, maybe it's time. I know to, if you make oh a handshake God. deal yep. with Jerry O'Connell's dad, it's, it's right. not strong as oak. No, it's Lucky not. Lucky says it is. Hey, I hear the music. Oh, uh, we know what that music means. Hey, uh, real quick, I've got to play something for you. I think you'll enjoy it. We have just enough time to play it. Uh, the NBA coverage got surprisingly sexual over the weekend, thanks to Charles Barkley. Charles didn't notice until he was like a minute and a half in how sexual the talk had gotten. On TNT. <laughs> who, who do you think was the one who couldn't stop snickering? Uh, that had to be Kenny, Kenny Smith. It had to be Kenny, right? Yeah, and absolutely. Ernie Johnson was trying to keep the, yes. the boat afloat. 